Do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast. Join the Mark Order. You know, Ryan, I feel like things are pretty golden tonight. I love that. Got a golden outlook on the future. It's been a great day. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. It's time for the Mark Order podcast here on the Shining Wizards Network. Right now, it's a two live crew. It's two for me, two for you. And uh, yeah, Ryan Schlong, how's it going, pal? Good, good. No, no, Kate tonight. She's she's skipping. Nothing wrong with that. Nope. Love it. How are you doing, Aunt? I'm doing okay. Uh, I am doing okay. Um, I feel like. I'm losing track of the time because I'm like, wait a minute, was Fourth of July this week or last week? Fourth of July always screws me up. Well, it's it's been a long week because, like, my office is moving. Well, my office is closing and I'm moving to a different office, so uh, it's made for like a long week because I'm just trying to make sure like I've got all my shit packed and I moved everything home. Because they were like, after this week, we're throwing all your shit away, whether you want it or not. So that's a that's a way of doing it. Been, been he's putting in out there. Oh, yes. Ryan is probably Ryan. I got you back. You back? Yeah, I'm back. I don't know what's going. It was you. Here, here's the weird thing. The weird thing is I've got nothing else streaming in this house. This I mean, is the only thing going on all the time. The, the worst thing is I've streamed at like three in the afternoon or like whatever time. No problem. 11 at night is when I have the second at the issue. The hell's I don't understand why. I mean, I, uh, you know, they used to say like if other people on your block or whatever might be watching shit, it can affect your you know, internet service. Yeah. That was like 20 years ago. What the fuck is happening now? Anyway, Shlong, we said it. We're not going to dwell on that. We uh, we don't have Kate tonight. So uh, for all you simps looking for Kate, she's not here. Uh, but she would want you listening to us. And I'm pretty sure that she would say, If you're not listening to the Mark Order podcast on Wednesday night, you're not supporting women. So thank you for listening uh, and supporting women. Um, so, so, Anna, so, yeah, I think I have I have an announcement. Oh, I was really worried. As you can see, I'm wearing a hat. Very unusual for me. And I'm like, I just I want to want to. I wish I could style my hair, but I don't have anything to style my hair. Except. <gasps> what is this? You're frozen again, aren't you? Well, I'll keep going. Ants frozen. I have in my possession 
a wonderful switch cone. And you could say to yourself, Ryan, you had a switch cone, but you very clearly broke it. And it's catching up. I can see <laughs> it's it. It's amazing. Oh, so man. I had a switch cone and I broke hear, it. And I, I said, like, uh, so if you're wondering, how did I get another switch cone? Yes, it's from Amazon, but I didn't order it. It arrived in the mail. Oh, you didn't? No. You know, it was Ryan, from very Ryan, well, shoot, But I, I wish he was Ryan, here. My I wish bad, he knew because that the internet is just. Oh. Can I, I tell you? Can I, I tell you something? I heard. I heard what you said. I, I heard what you're saying. Mrs. Money's telling me I'm frozen, uh, or I was frozen. But Mrs. Money, if you're streaming something, that's what's fucking me up here. <laughs> no one's streaming. Just as far in the audience, Ryan. Ryan, uh, what I wanted to say was you you got your switch comb in the mail. Yes. So Ryan, I would also like to say that I arrived home from the office today. To some mail as well. What did you get? I got uh, I got some rumblers. And at first I was like, these can't be for me. Because it's CM it's Punk. And who I believe is John Cena. But I can see him. So I'm not really sure if it's really John Cena. And Ryan, I don't know about you. But in my package. And maybe because I was frozen. Um... I couldn't hear. Did you? Mine didn't. It came with a thing that said it's a gift, but it didn't say who it was from. Mine neither, you know, but I was told if I'm here tonight, I might find out. Well, Ryan, I do have some news for you because I, um, I did do the work in the, in the package to find out who sent the gift and i'm assuming they also sent you yours so it came with a gar uh, a barcode a, a qr code and i scanned it and it said you can send a personal email to the person who got you the gift to thank them did you know that i i, I saw that i didn't do it i'm lazy okay it's fine because i'm assuming it's all the same person and i'm not gonna lie ryan at first i was like this was supposed to go to kate and it came to me because whoever didn't know Kate's address, like I was just assuming it was yeah. Kate's. Anyway, Kate. I scanned the code. I scanned the code and it said uh, to send a thank you message. And I said, it said, dear Asian Joe. Asian Joe's here with us. Boom. Hooray. Gifts giver himself. And it's frozen again. This is lovely. <laughs> Mr. Joe, how are you tonight? Doing well, and Merry Christmas in July to you both. I, I was very surprised and very happy. I didn't, I'm, we're out of the bit, so I can say that I did know it was from you. I did actually read the thank you, and I saved it for the show. Um, Ant's coming back again. This is just going to be the highlight of my night, seeing Ant come in and come keep out. Keep going, Ryan. Just keep going. Uh, thank you, Joe. I heard Merry Christmas in July. Thank you. Um, uh, yeah, Ryan, if I fucking freeze, just keep going because I have no idea uh, yeah. what the hell is going I will, which, which also means I better pull up my notes from the show. Uh, yes, please be prepared just in case. Um, Asian Joe, welcome. I did play some applause. 
But I don't know if anybody heard it. We heard it. Asian we Joe. had the record scratch and everything. Perfect. I have my own, so, I have my own intro prepared, so it's okay. Okay, good. Uh, Joe, welcome. First time here with us tonight. Right. Um, thank you for joining. I think I'm frozen again. Okay. Well, I'm not nope. frozen, but that's good. Um, so, Joe, thanks for joining us. Actually, the funny thing is, the funny thing is, We'll never know what the funny thing is. How are you doing tonight, Joe? Okay. Um, now, I, typically we would good. We would we would uh, we were we would BS in this section, but it's a little difficult to BS with. So Ryan, Ryan, just vamp for a minute. I'm gonna go out and come in. I'll be right okay. back. John. I'm gonna I'm gonna vamp. Yeah. So for those who don't know. Joe is a friend of the show. He's regular in our on our chat. So if you are in the chat, you you know Joe. But if you're not, you don't, and you should. He's also a regular in the Wizards chat, Wizards Discord. He's also on the Fightful stuff. So we know Joe from all over. He's been out to New Jersey. I didn't see him. It's a two-hour drive. Sorry, Joe. I'm lazy. Um, I actually think I had something, but that's a whole different thing. Um, sh here comes in. But uh, so Joe, what's your um? Let's just get a brief, quick background what's your background in in with wrestling are you how long you've been watching so people who are listening get a feel yeah i mean i've been watching probably since i was you know six seven eight nine years old around that time you know and grew up watching a lot of saturday night main event great american wrestling on sunday mornings um a buddy of mine always had to call them home video subscription so we watched a lot of those um so yeah i just kind of evolved from wwf to no, WCW, some AWA when it was on ESPN during those years. And then, uh, yeah, kind of up until today. There you go. We forgot its history. I'm sorry, Ann. I thought you were talking, and I can't tell no. now when you're coming in and out. No, um, I was not talking. I was just listening, and I didn't want to interrupt because I knew you were just. Yeah. Uh, Wait, so I, had to have, I have to ask a question now, and this is something I was unaware of. There was a Coliseum like subscription service? Yeah, there was like a, they had their own like cassette tapes of a compilation matches. Oh, I mean, I, I rented the cassette tapes and I saw them, yeah. but I didn't know like you could like subscribe and have them sent to you. Mm -hmm. Not that I could have got that. My parents would have never done that, but still, I didn't know that was a thing. I don't think I had any VHSs. And I think I told this story maybe once, but I just. I had an uncle who had one of the black cable boxes and we would just go watch the pay-per-views. Like that's really how I got into it. Well, and that, I watched well, Saturday I mornings too. I had the same thing, the, the black box cable box, which is great. But I also had all the previous stuff. Um, but I just, and I knew Coliseum, but when you would go to West coast video, which is by me, or you go to blockbuster, you, you had to get something. And sometimes you went there and you're like, there is just nothing. And there was always a wrestling tape. I always rented WrestleMania one. I don't know why. I just like, it was just always there. And Hulk Hogan and Mr. T were on the cover. So I was like, I'm just going to get this. And I think at one point my mom said, we've rented this a lot. And I was just like, I want it. Like, please rent this. I think she thought I was fucking weird. 
it was your WrestleMania. It was your Royal Rumble '92. If you're Kevin from the Wizards, you just kept watching it. It's the only tape I could find. It was just in a random spot at the at the video. Royal Rumble '92 is also consistently the only VHS tape at my local grocery store. So I rented that and SummerSlam '92 with you no know, Macho Man Zeus versus Hogan and with a beefcake. Probably. I'm not an idiot savant, so I can't recall these things off the top of my head. JPJ, who's on between the two beards, which I will be on tomorrow, which I'll you don't have later. A beard. I know. Said Survivor Series '89 and WrestleMania six were his go-to rentals. Eric Freed says '94 Royal Rumble. This is very interesting to me. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, Marky Mark had the black box. So if you had the black box, let us know. Um, yeah. And if whatever your go-to was, again, I didn't have a. I don't think I had a go-to event. I just it was my go-to when there wasn't a movie there that I would just pick any of the wrestling things I saw. Well, I know uh, Kyle K. Spark says that SummerSlam with Savage and Zeus was 89, I think. We're all just too lazy to actually pull it up, and I'm not trying to surf the internet since my shit keeps crashing. So It's crazy. You're actually, I'm not going to say anything. I was about to jinx it. But yeah, nope. I, loved, I loved the video around. I, I, I'm listening. I'm not going to be an old man who doesn't think that what we have now is better. It is to be able to just stream and pull things up whenever you want. It is far superior. But there was something special as a kid going to the, to the rental or store or whatever and the movie or the wrestling or whatever and finding that thing that you just were like, I've been waiting all week to get this one thing. Yeah. Well, I got lucky too because the same, the same uncle who had the, um, the black box, he would record all of the show. Mm -hmm. So if I went over to his place, I would just pull VHSs out of like, you know, SummerSlam 89, Royal Rumble 1990, WrestleMania 3, WrestleMania 2. You know what I mean? Like it would just be like random shit I would be able to uh to pull out of uh the the home library, which was fantastic. Also, if I can back up for a second, because I think I was starting to say the funny thing before. Asian Joe, I'm glad to have you here. I want to finish the thought. Is the funny thing is we had you, I had you planned to be on before I knew anything was coming uh, to my residence here. So it's just very funny that it arrived today. And uh, I had it here to share on the air my CM Punk and who I believe is John Cena. But again, he's visible. So I don't know if that's really him. Well, Ant, you did make a request when Kate got her Tyrus two pack that you wanted to see on Punk John Cena one, so I went and found it for you. Oh, I that's forgot a, I said that. It, it's I forgot that I even said uh, that I would love to get the CM Punk one instead of Kate. So thank you, Joe. That's fantastic. I'm gonna hold this one over her head. It's really just a rib on Kate. Yeah, it's perfect. And, and, the best. And Joe, I'm gonna say now, I really appreciate this. I'm going to really feel bad when I break this soon because it's just what's going to happen. I almost bought you a four pack. I mean, they're like five bucks. It's not exactly the most expensive thing that's ever existed. Ryan, but is that a better just, quality than the one you previously had? No, it's literally the same exact one that I bought. <laughs> okay. Which I'm glad because no. I would even if it would have to be like, um, you know, uh, titanium for me to not break it. So like, this is probably the better route. Just, just go cheap. Well, next we time do. we should one of those flat top combs or plastic ones that have like the little spikes on it. 
Oh yes. You remember those? Like you put like your around your finger and kind of. Yes. When I had no. hair, that was what I used to love combing my hair with. Yes. So Ryan, it was a it was a hand comb, um, and I had a blue one, Joe, and it was. Ryan, it was literally, you held it in your palm. Like you put it around your middle finger. It had a little ring and you held it and it was just flat pretty much against your hand and you would just comb your hair with it. It was the best comb I ever had. And then one day the ring snapped and I had to toss it and I just never replaced it. Oh, and I want to establish Plugo's lying in the chat, trying to tell us what his rentals were for WrestleMania 38 and Great Balls of Fire. Blockbuster was already gone. So don't try that for me, Plugo. I'm I'm on to your game. Uh, Kyle K. Sparks is also adding here. I actually didn't rent any, but my dad's friends would buy pay-per-views and tape them. Survivor Series 87 to 88, Royal Rumble 92, WrestleMania 6, Clash of the Champions 1, a whole bunch of them. Those are some good events. Some good events. Um. So, yeah, this is the bullshit section of the uh, show, and things seem pretty good here. Uh, but, uh, Joe, I, I know that Ryan was asking a little bit about your wrestling background, but you have a little bit of like a, a broadcast background too, right? Um, yeah, I, in college I studied journalism, so I did a lot of uh, news editorial print journalism and then broadcast production, ranging from mostly video production. So, uh, And then my first job out, out of college was really working at local, like weekly newspapers, so... And you've done, you did, you said you used to do, uh, I think, a sneaker podcast or a sneaker YouTube show or something like that, right? Yeah. So, like, in my former life, I, I had a YouTube channel and back in probably, what, 2010, 2011, and uh, had, a little, had a little sneaker YouTube channel and did some interviews on that. And um, I think I earned one check from AdSense on YouTube. So, right. you know, I had nothing. I got paid $100 once. Hey, it's more than we've had. I think I still have about 2,000 subscribers on that dead channel. Send them our way. Holy shit, Asian Joe is Asian. Yes, Shining Wizards, Asian Joe is Asian. Only on the outside. <laughs> okay. I have a question for Asian Joe now that we're still in the bullshitting section, but it's a it's a very relevant question. How sure. did you get into reviewing cereal? Uh, the pandemic. And we okay. should probably we should probably note that really quick. So Asian Joe, you do like a now is it just cereal or is it all sorts of snack foods? It's mainly cereal themed. So you know, cereal sometimes there's cereal pancakes or cereal syrup or you know, some of those novelty things, but mainly just weird cereal. And you are you have uh I think I saw a post on Instagram or Twitter. You have a couple. I don't know if you just put them out or they're coming. I put one out over the weekend on after the 4th of July. So it was the um, I, it was icy cereal, the old uh, the blue and red beverage yep. that you get. Um, and I have another one coming up about Kit Kat cereal. And then uh, our friend SJ, who's also usually in the chat and on the Discord, um, she is going to be sending me down some Canadian cereal. Ooh. Yeah. So it's just going to be maple syrup in a bowl? Something from Tim Hortons. Oh, maybe Donuts. Yeah. So, okay. I will say, I recommend reading it because I did read it. So do all our listeners. Go read it. We'll plug it. Uh, we'll retweet it. I've put it out there before. But also, and Joe will give his plug. Where Joe, where, what's the address? Just so. Oh, 
it's an ugly address because it's a free website. I didn't want to pay for a custom URL. Um, okay, then we'll just... <laughs> yeah, it's serialisle.home.blogspot. So go to that or go to Joe's or our uh, Twitter will be there at some point in the near future, like tonight, obviously. But yep. I would suggest read it, but don't read it when you're hungry. I read the icy one, and all I wanted was either the icy cereal or an icy. Now I have to, I do have to ask Joe. I didn't read it, um, but how how was the icy cereal? Because I'm not gonna lie, when I saw the picture, I was like, that sounds awful. It wasn't bad. It was somewhere between like a uh, like a, a Captain Crunchberry and okay. like a Cocoa Puff, as far as the texture. Sure. Uh, otherwise, you know, a berry flavored cereal, and um, they advertise this cooling feature that when you eat it, it cools your mouth. So I thought, do they lace it with menthol? Like, what what's going on with the cereal? Right. And there is this weird sensation that happens when you eat the cereal, and your tongue feels a little funky. Um, I don't so, know yeah. if I'd like that. It's now, different. Uh, is it better dry or with milk? <sighs> Probably milk. It had a weird aftertaste eating it dry. That's, that's, but it, it didn't matter. It still, it, you said it tasted like icy. I love icy. So I was like, this is for me. Now, I'm not going to lie. I am not a fruit uh, cereal fan. Like, I don't like tricks. I don't like um, fruit. You're, kid, you're not a kid. Well, that's okay. So then I don't like fruit loops. Like, I don't like the berry fruity cereal. I I will do a chocolate cereal, although I don't need it to be like a sweet chocolate cereal. I actually m- like mostly like honey, like honey. I saw somebody in there, honey bunches of oats, like honey nut Cheerios. Those are kind of like my favorites. I know that's very plain Jane, but that's sort of what I prefer. That's about my level of what I call like adult cereal is honey bunches of oats. <laughs> okay. It's still not very adult like, but you know. I refuse to eat adult cereals. Give me goddamn cinnamon toast crunch. Mm. But I w- I will say, JPJ came in with a hot take. Captain Crunch peanut butter crunch is the best Captain cereal. I don't. It's probably accurate. But I don't know if I've ever had it. I have, and it's good. But I just that's a hot take. That is a hot take. There's also a question that we passed by. Eric Freeds is asking Asian Joe, is Asian Asian Joe's uh, name on his license? You'll never know. Okay. And it is interesting, too, that, though. I have to, I also don't want to pass this. Marky Mark Kayfabe says, fun fact, Marky Mark's name is neither Marky or Mark Kayfabe. Are you supposed to discuss now? I, we could discuss. I, I actually want to address something that I just noticed. That Joe is wearing one of the very limited edition Mark Order Podcast gray versions. We're not that part of the show yet. That's right. It doesn't matter. I, I with Gray's not available to anyone else. You get to show off the fact that you're special. Like your sneaker days, you got something no one else got. It's one of three. That that's going to be a pricey collectible when we all kill each other in a mass murder suicide. It took me four days to find it. It was kind of buried somewhere. So. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> not going to lie. That's as, that's as memorable as we are. So I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, what else, Asian Joe? Anything else you want to mention in the bullshit period of the show? Anything no, else happening? That tell you me about what's going on with you guys. Well, I talked briefly about it. My office is closing in New York City. Don't hate that. Um, but they did tell me that they want me to go to the New Jersey office. 
And I was like, cool. Um, but uh, I was under the impression they would only want me there a limited amount of time. And um, I found out this week they want me there three days a week um, from here on out. And uh, I am literally the only person on my team who has to go into an office. So it's kind of a bummer. And nobody else that I work with at my company, literally nobody else that I work with has to go into this office. So I am you be the only man person on in the office. No, but it's teams I don't work with. It's other parts of the business that have nothing to do with me. So it's kind of a bummer. But what I won't miss is the saga that I had tonight where I got on my train at 550 and I didn't leave the Hoboken train station until 630. I will not miss that. I was waiting for 40 minutes and then we got stuck again a couple times along the way. I won't miss that, but you know, we'll see what happens. So that's about all that's been new with me. Asian Joe. Oh, I did. Uh, you, you guys probably can't see it anymore because uh, I lost my overhead light. I don't know what happened. It's just not working and I haven't gotten anybody to come fix it. Um, I did uh, start going through all of my AEW figures uh, there are way too many fucking figures. Um, I have a giant tub. I don't know how big it is. Full of these goddamn figures. And then I still have shit stacked up behind me. This is only a, a short portion of what is here. Everything further over on the bed stacked behind me is still action figures that I have to place somewhere. Can we do this like one of those like auction shows where I like come in and pretend that like I'm discovering these things for the first time and like, oh my god, it's a rare chase. I I can tell you this, Millionaire Matt is the one out of the two of us. He's the only lucky one. He has gotten some of the chases where you order from like Ringside Collectibles and you maybe have a chance at getting the the chase, you know, figures. I haven't gotten any. Um, I do have some of the limited like shop AEW ones where it's like one of a thousand. Like I've been lucky enough to get in on all those. I'm a little pissed. I won't get a sting San Diego comic-con figure, but I'm not going to San Diego and it sounds like nobody else is. Um, but I will say this, Ryan, I do have a couple duplicate figures that weren't of my doing. Like one of them, uh, I have a hangman. Matt got me one. That was a Walmart exclusive. Somebody else got me one. And then I think somebody else got me one. So I have three copies of this same figure. I don't need three. So it might be a way to do a giveaway. And then this one was my doing. I don't know why I bought two authentic scale ring sets. Oh, I remember uh, that. No, I remember why you did it. Why? You told you told him pockets you were gonna open one to have no. for the kit. He has one. He got one. So he you got, got three. So I got for Christmas that year. I got him one with Ref Aubrey. That was the only one that was available at the time, and I got one to keep in the box. I then, when they put the Kenny Omega authentic scale ring size up with the the Kenny Omega mega figure, I got one. And then at some other point, because I let all the shit pile up and I didn't catalog anything, I had nothing to look up. And I was like, I definitely didn't order that. And I ordered it again. Oh, so okay. you would, originally you said you were going to get two, but it was all because of getting little money one. But now you. 
So I have two Kenny Omega ones. That might be something we would do for a very special giveaway. Did you get Fight Forever? Fight Forever. The game. Yeah, the game. Yes, you weren't here last week. We couldn't talk about it. Thanks for showing up. You know what? Watch the product. Come on. Did you? No. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. I don't watch when I'm on. I don't watch when I'm not on. It's amazing how that works. Um, Did you get Ref Aubrey? So um, I... um, a lot with I was playing it a lot with Anthony last week. I'm not frozen on my end, Ryan. Sorry. Um, so I didn't unlock anybody yet. I did win the world championship in the first phase of the career. And that's kind of where I stopped. Not because I'm not enjoying it. It's just, I ran out of time. Okay. I just, I know the, I know little money loved ref Walbury and she's a playable wrestler. Yeah, I don't love that. It's funny. It, it's not a big deal. Much like real life, I don't like it. Asian Joe, do you have the game or have you played the game? I have not. I haven't played a video game since PS4, like early PS4 days. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't do that. I um, I was tempted to, but no. Well, I'll say, I'll say this. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut. Okay. I will say this. Um. Because, Ryan, you talked about it because you played it a little early because you had the digital pre-order or whatever. You got in a day early. I didn't. And I was hoping to talk to you about it last week, but you weren't here. So um, it is a lot of fun, and everything you said was absolutely true. Like, you can pick it up and start playing immediately and not just get dominated. Like, you can just pick up button mash and get through the game. Like, that's a lot of fun. That being said, though, um, uh, it is uh, it does get super repetitive. They're going to have to patch it with new things to make it not feel so repetitive. Like they don't have to change all the gameplay. But like, Ryan, you played career mode, right? Mm-hmm. It's played a couple times. Just so competitive or so repetitive. I'm sorry. Competitive. It's just so repetitive. So real realistically, like I said when we first talked about, it, they need some kind of universe or something like that, GM mode, whatever you want to call it, where you can kind of like book your own thing at the same point, because that's how you kind of get around the repetitiveness a little bit, because you can create like, and you can even I I I think I forget which place did it, and I don't know if I'm. It was only for a specific thing, but you can even try to get like specific outcome, like career, you know, GM mode, randomized where you try to get specific outcome of matches. Like it's a challenge. I've unlocked everyone, so I've been playing it a lot. Um, Owen is the hardest thing that got. No, Paul White is the hardest person to unlock. Owen is the most monotonous because it takes a hundred one-on-one regular exhibition matches. Oh, that took forever. Paul White is goddamn impossible because you have to you have to play career mode as many times as you can just to get lucky enough to be right. in his storyline. It's random, right? That's what yeah. I read. So you unlock Brody Lee through the storyline. You unlock uh, Paul White through the the career thing, and you unlock. One, I think you unlock the other just by winning it. But Brody Lee and Paul White are very random, like how you get there. 
Right. Paul White's, I won't spoil how you win these things, even though I don't think it's really spoiling to say how you get to them. But I will say the, the Paul White one. So you get to his story, and you, then you have to beat him in three minutes. He's goddamn impossible to beat. Like I re- like the whole thing is if you lose, you don't get to unlock him. So you have to restart right. your game every time you don't get three minutes. Like you have to make sure it doesn't save. Oh, he really? can't be pinned. Yeah, he can't be pinned. Yeah, just you just can't pin him. He's resistant to punches. You can't do a move on him. The the key is basically to get outside the ring and beat and get him in a count out. Wow, it, it is the hardest thing. I've one of the hardest challenges I've ever had in a video game. I don't understand where it came from in this. Well, Ryan. And you said that was for who? Paul Paul White? Oh, wait. Marky Mark got him. Yeah. Uh, Marky Mark saying, I unlocked him second playthrough. So get on that. Did level. you unlock him your first try? Or did you have to lose a couple times? Because the playthroughs are different than tries. Like, I got Brody, Brody Lee on my second play, playthrough. Like, he was the way I got to unlock. Scott George is also saying that's one night of wrestling for TK. Agreed. Yeah, but it's... JPJ said in there it's fun. There's just nothing to it. That's a hundred percent what it is. It's a fun game. Like I told you, I think you and you and Little Money probably have a ton of fun playing it because oh, he so loves it. Her. He loves it except for the for when he wants to fight and a tag team on the same team and then he goes away and I'm like I can't win without you. You have to be here to break these pins up. Like I actually will give the game credit if you're playing tag team solo, it's far better than um, WWE 2K. Mm-hmm. Because you're you actually have a chance of your guy stopping the other team from running in, which I felt like in WWE 2K never happens. I don't remember the last 2K that I played. I think I actually downloaded the what was the last one with Ray? Not the last one. I think the one with Ray Mysterio was one of the free PlayStation Plus games that I downloaded, but I really didn't play it. Like, yeah, I think I yep. downloaded it for for little money to play and he didn't really want to play it or he moved on to something else and I just never played it. But this, he actually likes a lot. He made a, his wrestler. Uh, his, uh, his wrestler is the same wrestler that he pretends to be when he's wrestling by, you know, in the living room, it's Skeletor death blood. Even though I told him, I think you're going to have a problem with the trademark, but um, Skeletor death blood. Uh, he wears a hockey mask. He's got horns. He is as tall as you can be, as heavy you can as you can be, but as jacked as you could be. That's um, amazing. He's very slow, but he's powerful. Yeah. So that's hilarious, actually. How many unlockable yeah. characters are there? In the so wave, there's three secret, which aren't secret. Everyone knew they were in the game, but they call them secret. It's Brody Lee, Paul White, and Owen are your three quote unquote secrets. You can, if you play enough, every time you win a match, you earn money. It's fake. So, like, you don't have to play. You can't pay to get these guys. But if you pay, you you know, the money after winning matches, you get Cody, Ref Aubrey. They're the five uh, that I've that I've encountered. Uh, if you bought the DLC, the, it, Dash and the Cash and um, Dax are automatic. You don't have to unlock them. So it's not too bad because I hate unlocking wrestlers. I think it's actually an annoying trope. Like, just give me the guys I want to play as. But at least they don't make you pay to do it. Like, you just have to consistently, like, 100 matches is a lot. Luckily, I use this game as, like, an unwind thing because there is no thought to it. Yeah. That, like, you just go and you play a couple matches. Yeah, there's Marky Mark said it. There's 50 playable characters, right? Yeah, and, and Dax and Cash 
anybody can buy them. It's not like you had to get the elite pack. It was just that uh, if you bought the elite pack, you they're included, yeah. you know, at the on the day of of purchase or whatever. You can download them when they become available. But like when I turned it on, like the third or fourth day, like on the PlayStation, if I went down, it was like, oh, buy you know the first you know pack of wrestlers or whoever, and it was you know basically cat. Uh, it's gonna do the same thing you did. Uh, you could buy play cash and Dax, but I haven't bought anybody yet. I've just been racking up coins. Um, and then I think I bought like two jackets for you know Skeletor Deathblood, neither of which got used. So I was like, well, that was a waste of money. Um, but you know, there's there's a couple weird quirks in the game. Uh, just and it's anyone playing it for whatever curiosity, uh, Kenny Omega actually has like three outfits he can wear. Yep. But you don't know that until you actually go into his editing of the character and go to his presets and create new presets. Yeah, I did find weird stuff like that. Like you should have the ability just to change their outfit in the option screen. Yeah, but if but if, if you haven't gone to their editing section yet, yet, you don't have that ability. Also, it's really annoying that you can't change the color of someone's gear. Because like. Adam Cole wears the same gear all the time. Just change the color, like, and you'd right. be having. But other than that, it's a lot of fun. Like I said, I will never deny that it's just a fun game to pick up. They just need to add a few things to make it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, uh, Ryan, uh, before we move on, because I feel like I dominated that section. Uh, what's new with you? Anything new with you? So for once, yes, oh. I am going to plug. Going to plug oh. here. Oh, I'm going to plug at the end. Oh God. Um, no, it's you, hey, this is actually home. something. What'd you say? You he's plugging himself. Ooh. Ooh. The two of you. One, he's taking a shot at me not leaving home, and you're saying I'm plugging myself. You guys are just rude. So if you've been following the Mark Order on Twitter, I've abused my power there, though I've called it out that it was me every time. I, on my other side, and it's got its own thing going, started a, a history blog because I am trying to become a historian. Okay. So I what was that? Oh god. You're becoming what? a revisionist historian. And I didn't say revisionist. Um, Joe, you heard that right? He's rewriting history. That sounds like something I, a certain citizen would do. Yeah, that's its own blog, and I can't answer to what's said on there. It's on 4chan. It's a whole thing. Um, so I would ask anyone who's a supporter if you have any interest in history. It's very quick reads. I'm not looking to you know weigh you down with tons of details. Just to Basically, almost like if you were to hit random on Wikipedia, you get an interesting article that someone picked for you. It's called it's uh, hereforhistory.com. That's the blog. And it's, you know, underscore here for history on Twitter. And I'm going to see if I can do more. You know, I'll probably expand, but just something I'm trying because that's a goal of mine in life. So, you know, I won't. I will still obviously mostly run out of the mark order because wrestling is what most people chat about. No one wants to actually chat about history. But if you want to chat about history, I will engage you on that one. Yeah, don't. Don't bring history to the Mark Order one, please. Unless it's about wrestling. I mean, I guess. But you heard it here first. Check out Ryan. Support Ryan's. What What was it, Ryan, again? Make- Hereforhistory.com. Hereforhistory.com. Check it out. Ryan is rewriting history. He's being, uh, he's revisioning history. So check it out uh, and see what he really uh, knows happened in the past. You'd be surprised what I'm going to write. Oh, it is. Still- Fire doesn't melt steel beams. Oh, man. It's shocking. Thanks for the creed, uh, 
what was it? Creed. Uh, I forget what the Creed thing that was. Spot. Creed yeah, thoughts. Was whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. It's a Word document. I've read some of it. It's pretty shocking, even for the internet. Well, that's fun, Ryan. Uh, congratulations and good luck on um, your history thing. Um, you tell me when, and I'm going to ship you a Make America Great Again hat. Because that seems to be the next thing, and that's how you're going to grow your base. I'm not even joking. That's how you're going to grow your base. Ryan? There, there's a, there is a base for that. Not exactly what I want to approach. But- Ryan, play the act. Right, put on the hat, play the character, monetize that son of a bitch, and then when you get a little bit of quiche, just turn it off. Turn heel. <laughs> I got all your money now. I'm gone. You're like, I'm not a revisionist. That's not what happened. You fucking I don't know what the other version of it is. I know you're you're a libtard. What's the other version? What's the opposite side? I think is- I think they call you a Nazi. It's just Nazi? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. By the way, speaking of that, Ryan, and you're a history guy. I'm sure you you keep up on the news. I saw the funniest shit the other day. Some senator basically was like, white nationalists are not racist. And then... Oh, what's his name? Tommy Tuberville or whatever? Tuberville? Who gives a shit? It was the funniest thing I ever saw because somebody was interviewing him and they were like, but that's what they are. Like, they are known as racist. And he's like, I don't know. I don't think that's right. And they were like, what's your definition of a white nationalist? And he was like, just somebody who loves America. And the look on the newscaster's face was utter shock. And then they started pushing him and he turned so red. It was the funniest thing I've seen on the news in a long time. And he doubled down later, like, like a day or two later. It was one of those things where he can't turn back now. Like he's too invested in because if he comes back and says, I didn't know what a white nationalist was, he sounds like an idiot. And if he says I was wrong, then clearly you didn't think you were wrong. You, you just like, he's just got to lean into like, this is what I believe. Right. It's so fucked up, Ryan. But I will say this. You did, you did miss the mark on one thing and you have to, you should be. I see it. Ryan. Oh, Oh no. Ryan, you're here to make history great again. We all know it. Ryan's here to rewrite history and make it great again. Way to go, Ryan. That's just Thank you, not a market I want to corner. All right, guys, what do you say? We've been bullshitting for 40 minutes, uh, and I think 15 of that was me uh, freezing on this fucking feed. Um, why don't we talk a little bit wrestling? So let's kick off where we usually do. We're just going to run through Rampage, and then I'm going to need you guys to keep me honest on Collision because I, I'm i going to assume something here. You guys watched Collision? Yes, not live, but I did watch it. Okay, that's more than me. I saw, like, the first half, and then I haven't watched the rest of it. So I want your honest opinions there. But... Um, man, Marky Mark K. Fabe says he wants to just keep shooting the shit. Ryan, maybe there's a bonus show we can start to do shooting the shit with the Mark Order. We can just randomly pull. I think of a name for that, that that's somehow a pun, and I will get there. It would be off the Mark Order. Oh, damn it. it. He's in. That was good. 
Uh, all right, guys. So Rampage, uh, we saw the Dark Order defeating Hangman Page and the Young Bucks. Uh, some shenanigans there. Uh, and then, of course, um, uh, Claudio and Takeshita, uh, you know, are there to basically uh, beat down on the faces. Uh, Kenny Omega runs out to make the save. And uh, the Dark Order, quite heelish quite quite heelish we're actually going to hear from them this rampage um so schlong i I want to to just ask you one question here because you you we all know you've watched all the darks you lament the darks asian joe if you ask me he's going to rewrite revisionist history on the darks um well that's coming you just wait and say i know but Shlong, is this where you want to see the Dark Order go? Because you saw them so much on the Darks. That's why I'm going here first. We're all fans of the Dark Order. But, like, is this where you want to see them go? Because I really feel like they're just going to go hard heel. So, my heart says no. I love I love the Dark Order as good guys. That's my heart. However, my head says this is probably the best thing for them. I'm, th- listen, I'm currently watching them on Dark. It's called ROH. And... This actually is one of the best tie-ins for like the, the synergy here is great because you have Stu Grayson on ROH being like, I went to the righteous because you're not violent. You're not who I know you are. And now on you know, main on, on AEW, they're like, everyone's leaving us. We're done. We're sick of this. We're, we're gonna be violent again. So it's this two stories that are actually one and the same. It is the best thing for them because I don't want them to go away. I want them to rebuild, to, to be back to being a fun, not just you know fun in terms of, oh, goofy, but like a good one that you get to see regularly and they're competing. And it ties a bow on the basically entire story of Hangman with them. It's not where I want it to go. What I think they've done well is that they're not exactly right in what they're claiming, but they're not wrong either, which is the best way to tell this kind of story. You can't make them 100% wrong, can't make them 100% right, because it just doesn't work. So, yeah, it saddens me, it breaks my heart, but it's the way it has to be. And, Joe, I mean, what are your thoughts on the Dark Order? Because I see, I see like, it makes sense as a team who essentially has been, like, some of their closest allies essentially, in their eyes, turn their backs on them. Hangman Adam Page pretends like they were never anything and Stu Grayson turned his back on him after returning. So it's like, it, it all makes sense, but is it where you want to see him go? I don't know if it's where I want to see him go or not, but I think it's where they have to go because I feel like through a lot of the storytelling um, on AEW and other wrestling, it's when people are at, hit that low point, that rock bottom and they're searching for purpose and looking for, you know, how do we get this edge back? How do we, you know, find ourselves again. And it's easily tempting to go, like, take shortcuts and be ruthless and, you know, get be aggressive again. Um, so I think it's just natural for them to go back into that. And uh, I, I saw some notes about uh, an interview with Preston Vance talking about how, you know, they, uh, they really were kind of forced to turn babyface once Brody passed away. Right, and, you know, so it really kind of changed the dynamic of the Dark Order, and like, how do you get back to being that heel stable that you were before? Yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, 
there's no way after Brody passes that you can stay shit heels, right? Because everybody sympathizes with the situation. And they were sort of like going in that direction anyway because of B- BTE. So like you certainly lean into it and they got all of the juice out of it that they could. I think people still like them as faces, but this story has to see them turn heel. And I'm with Ryan. Like you need to see them be violent in the ring. Like even his faces, they do some violent shit in the ring. Like all of the, the, um, you know, tandem offense that, uh, you know, uh, Reynolds and, and Johnny Hungy pull off is, is violent, you know, are violent move sets. So to see them work heel with it, I think is going to be great. But I just like, I'm with you too, Ryan. Like we have to see this turn into something, right? Like they deserve to have this turn into something for television, not just for yes. internet. Agreed. All right, moving on. Uh, we get QTV to celebrate uh, Johnny TV's arrival. Um, Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia defeat Matt Hardy and Jeff Jarrett to advance in the Blind Eliminator Tag Tournament. We all saw that one coming. Um, I just want—I want—I did a math sure. on that match of like, you know, Hardy and Jarrett combined age is one hundred and three. Boom. And the and Sammy and 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 Daniel Garcia were like a combined age of fifty three, and Jarrett alone is fifty five. <laughs> oh God, that is so shocking. Here's, here's your Asian math segment for the night. Um, doing that goddamn soundboard. Listen, it was the only thing. I don't have anything else here. Uh, I haven't loaded any other sounds yet. I've got to really work on that. I've got to find the time. Um, that's shocking, but the, the, I think the, the thing that we, we didn't think it was going to be a surprise with the turnout, but afterwards Jarrett and the, you know, crew, um, put their boots to, to Matt Hardy brother Zay runs in to help, but Satnam Singh takes him out. And then Ethan page, um, uh, runs out. Uh, and and he does better than than Zay. He prevents the El Cabang. Um, so it's interesting here. The reason I bring this up is because we're seeing some of these role reversals, right? Like we see the Dark Order starting to turn heel, and I feel like at the same time we're seeing Ethan Page turn face. And you know, I had it in news and notes, but there is apparently uh, I haven't watched it yet. But there is a um, uh, uh, like a, a mini doc that they put together for um, Ethan Page, like a video sort of, uh, you know, like a online video thing they put together that people are saying really like helps make him look um, makes him look good. And it's really sort of pushing him face because he's so popular you know, he's been very popular in Canada and he's really hasn't been doing anything. So I'm going to put the same question out there. I'll throw it to you, Joe, first. Joe, interested in seeing Ethan Page turn face if that's where we're going? Uh, absolutely. I think it's, I mean, he hasn't had a really solid face run yet in AEW, has he? So I think no. based on, you know, especially like we talked earlier about the Dark Order and, and on BTA, talked about Ethan Page and his, and his, you know, vlog content and things like that. Um, I think him being kind of that, 
scrappy face who's willing to you know stand up to to people and um i think that'd be a good turn for him schlong same question to you uh are you here for a ethan page face turn yes very much so he's a great heel but when you butchered the heel run so much you kind of got to go a different direction and Truthfully, he was becoming a face even as he was a heel with Hardy and they because they were so funny together. I think he's so likable and he's so good in the ring and he's so such a complete wrestler. Give him a shot. Let him be the face. I think he could really be someone you could put a belt on at some point. Like I, I think he's a great decision to, to go face, especially because, again, they've kind of wasted his heel potential for right now. You can always go back to it, but for right now it seems kind of like you're out. Well, if you're interested in seeing it, AEW did put it on their Utah your their YouTube, excuse me. They do call it an AEW mini doc. It's called All Ego Ethan Page Comes Home. Um and it was about him um, you know, basically in in Hamilton uh at uh, Collision. So, it is out there, check it out, but it does look like he's going face and I'm with both you guys like to be honest, I don't care if he's a face or a heel they really need to do more with Ethan page. Like he's very talented and it's a shame that he doesn't get more time on television. I love the fact that he got a match with MJF, even though he lost it, he didn't come across, you know, poor in that showing. So I'm there for it. Uh, guys next up on rampage, which also uh, rampage. This was the hundredth episode of rampage. I don't think I mentioned that. Uh, so it was episode a hundred. Who is this? Marina Shafir lost to, again, not 100% sure of how you say the name, Haikaru Shida. Is that right? I don't think so. Okay. I think it's Hikaru. Oh, okay. Hikaru? You have no idea how long it took me to think of a different way to say that name. Hikaru um, Shida? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Shida defeated Marina Shafir. Uh, Chris Statlander had an interview backstage. Oh, by the way, that's Marina. Oh, sorry, Marina Schaefer. Schaefer, yes, Marina Schaefer. Yes, Marina Schaefer. Not to be confused with Marinera. That's true. That's Marinara. her Italian cousin. Oh. Yeah, she's not Italian. Mamma mia. Uh, Chris Statlander called herself the defeater of the undefeated. Um, and then we saw Big Bill. And Brian Cage defeat Trent, Beretta, and Matt Seidel to move on in the Blind Eliminator Tag Tournament. So that played into tonight. Um, I don't know if either either one of you guys have anything to say about the last two matches. It, it you know, was what it was, but if they existed, that's true. Overall, Joe, anything you want to add? Overall, I just it felt like the show had booked in reverse. Yes, like it's like the way they had the card. It, just, it was a weird, you know match to open it and then to close it on a match that used to be would have been on dark yeah i mean that's kind of rampage now though where they realize that they get the best chance at at, at 10 and the worst chance at 11. by the way scott george i think is trying to tell me uh well a couple of things here marky mark is saying is it hick aru schneider that doesn't sound no that's right. a new movie by um rob schneider oh okay he plays a hick down south. Scott George is saying, um, hi, Kiro Shida. Okay. Who are you saying hi to? I don't know. And who's who is she? Yeah. I don't know. 
Uh, okay, so let's move on to Collision uh, before we wrap up the first half of the show. So, again, as I mentioned, I only saw, like, the first half of it. Uh, and then I haven't watched the rest of it yet. I plan to watch the rest of it. Um, this was what they were sort of unofficially dubbing uh, semifinal Saturday. Uh, so we uh, we opened up with a punk promo where he's basically talking about, you know, his uh, his rivalry with Joe um, and was really just pumping up the main event. I didn't think it was a terrible promo uh, and it was something they don't always do. Um, so I didn't necessarily mind it. Uh, I don't know if either you want to add to anything here. Or we can press on. No, I like the fact that it was at ringside and not in the ring. It kind of gave it a different feel to it. True. That's a good point. It was unique. Like I didn't think about that, but it did feel different because of that. And he was really leaning heavily on the, uh, the Canadian piece of the Owen Hart. Um, it would have been nice. Some cheers. A lot of cheers. It's true. I mean, it would have been nice if they had a Canadian in this tournament, but again, we're knitting, you know, knitting mix. Um, so we moved on to our semifinal, our first semifinal match in the Owen Hart tournament. Powerhouse. Oh, I'm sorry. Jesus. How can I forget? <laughs> Powerhouse. Hobbs versus Ricky Starks. Um, and this saw Ricky Starks defeating Powerhouse Hobbs. Via pinfall. So Starks is in the final where we're going to await the winner of Asian Joe versus uh, CM Punk. Oh, I'm sorry. Samoa Joe versus CM Punk. Oh, man. Um, uh, so uh, after the match, QT Marshall, who sort of cost powerhouse Hobbs the match here because he was on the apron and uh ref aubrey i believe wouldn't count until he got off um should have had the win so uh marshall is trying to talk to Hobbs, who's looking away turning his back on him then finally Hobbs pushes marshall across the ring qt is begging and pleading for Hobbs not to listen to the crowd to powerbomb him or whatever uh, and then Aaron Solo hit the ring to get in front of QT, but he was hit with the spine buster. And then Harley Cameron got into the ring to jump in front of uh, QT Marshall. And that was enough for Hobbs to basically be like, I'm good. I'm leaving. So, uh, I mean, they didn't officially say they split him off, but I mean, seems like it. And uh, Schlong is, as far as you and I are concerned, I think we're good with that, right? Like, we didn't want to see this long-term. Oh, this was working so well. I loved it. It was amazing. You know, you have this killer, and let's just have him be with the comedy group that I legitimately love the comedy group. But, yeah, let's just team them up because that's working so well. Yeah, this was perfect. The match was great. Ricky Starks is a stud and a star. He uh, he was the one to win this, uh, but the match was great. I'm so glad Powerhouse is, is, seems to be on his way out with QT's crew. Powerhouse's spine buster is amazing. I really love his spine buster. He he gets the full torque. So I'm, I'm and he looks jacked anymore. See that boy, whew, he's in good shape. Uh, so yeah, I was, I, this was an awesome match. The right guy won, but it also had the right outcome for the loser, where he seems to be progressing positively. As usual, um, 
it's just funny. Kate's not here, but she's in the chat. My God, priorities. She does say typical positive Ryan, which is true. Some people would say Ryan's almost like a robot who's basically just being like, I love it all. I just Sorry want- that I like to enjoy things, guys. I just want to see wrestling that I love. I love it. I don't hate anything. Don't stab me with the switch comb. Okay. Uh, Joe, uh, anything you'd like to add here? No, I, I agree with kind of positive Ryan and, and that the, um, the match served two purposes for moving starts along and then, you know, setting up something with Hobbs finally, um, whether or not they turn him face or they just make him a heel versus heel situation. Um, the match itself was fine. I thought it picked up really after the picture in picture. Um, the kind of yeah. second half really kind of carried the match. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I don't have any complaints. Yeah, I thought the match was great. And uh, we're going to see who he f- who he's going to face later. We get a Miro promo. Um, basically saying, I'm going to walk the righteous path and be what God was not. And he thinks that he senses a big battle coming. One we've all been waiting for. Um. Any thoughts? What he's talking about here? Anybody? Joe, I'll throw to you first. I don't know what he's initially talking about, but I I, I, I stopped listening after he talked about his double-jointed wife. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just love when he kind of like inserts these little liners about his wife. And yeah, so after that, I don't remember. Your, your brain just starts running wild. I know how it goes. Uh, Shlong, any thoughts on... Something we've been waiting for. A big battle. So, I think he's going... Well, see, the weird thing is... It sounds like he should be going for the TNT. Maybe he's going for the heavyweight. Maybe the devil is meeting the redeemer. He's still calling for that. But either way, the only reason I don't think he's going for the international with Orange Cassidy is Orange Cassidy seems to still be in some weird feud with uh, Swerve based on tonight. So, like... We'll see. There, 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 there's, there's. Listen, it's they're doing something with Miro, and I'm very excited with it for it. And I'm glad that he's, you know, pushed aside his double jointed wife. We all have our temptations. I mean, I wouldn't push her aside. That's for sure. I mean, Probably pull her closer. I'm just saying. I'm, um, I'm motivated. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I could see, um, I could see MJF and Miro, um. I thought that idea better than him going after the TNT title because we've been there too many yes. times already. Yeah, and I'll uh, I'll expand on that as we get into Dynamite because now it makes sense. I can see how that can go. We'll talk about it. We'll get there. Stay tuned for the second half. Um, Willow Nightingale's backstage. She's not cleared to wrestle tonight. Athena's questioning whether she's faking it or not. Either way, we're going to get... Um, we're going to get that match, that semifinal ladies match that was supposed to happen on Collision uh, on Rampage now this week. So uh, that will set up the ladies final. We got our other semifinal match tonight. We'll talk about that. Um, we got a special look at Blood and Guts coming up uh, next week. Uh, we're going to talk about that for sure. Julia Hart versus Bambi Hall. Julia Hart defeats Bambi via submission. Um 
And then we see Malachi Black wondering why Andrade, who wears a mask, is telling him not to wear one. Um, and, um, you know, Black is going to teach him how, um, you know, to be more successful. Uh, and together they will cut the last vein pumping blood into the heart of lies he tells himself. The world will uh, see uh, how, he, how truly great Black knows him to be. So... Uh, Andrade is then interviewed uh, after that video package um, and he says he's a businessman um, and he asked, do you think I hide behind a mask? I am not a coward like you. My mask is everything to me. It's about my family, about my culture, about my country, all about uh, about all Latin people. And when he takes his mask off, it's time to fight, time to win. I will say this. At first, when I saw Andrade's promo, I was like, I didn't love it. And then I saw it again and I was like, I actually love it because at first it seemed like he was searching for the words or either, or making sure that he was getting the words out correctly. Cause I think in the past he has, uh, he has, you know, said some things where he's gone maybe a little too quick and some of the things get not mixed up, but it doesn't come across the right way. Like he sort of sends a different message than he was intending and I actually liked it because even commentary said it. I didn't catch it the first time, but commentary said Andrade speaking slowly so that Malachi Black hears every word of what he's saying. It did make it feel super important. Like he's speaking slowly and clearly right into the camera. So there is no mincing of words on second take. I loved it better than the first, but I'm just interested in seeing what is going on here. Um, I don't, need to see Andrade join this faction. Um, I think we're going to get LFI versus um, uh, House of Black. Um, But do we like where this is heading? I'll throw to you first, Joe. First of all, we're going to say LFO. No. Okay. I thought you were going to slip and say LFO. I was going to say LIJ. You took him if he had one wish. Anyhow. Um, (laughs) <laughs> he's been gone since that like, summer like you said Aunt, like i think the andrade promo if if it by if it by itself it wouldn't be as strong but having that first promo be malachi and have that point counterpoint um was really a nice way to interject the mask into this feud where oftentimes mask get interjected into feuds and it's just kind of like no, I'm going to take your mask and that's it. But having more of a story behind it and more purpose behind it, I think uh, makes it a little bit more interesting for us to, to watch and observe. Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, you're right. I didn't, I wasn't even looking at the point counterpoint sort of juxtaposition of Malachi's promo against Andrade's just like I said, the first time I saw Andrade's was like this it just didn't seem like it, not that it didn't fit. It just seemed disjointed. And then again, like I said, maybe I just wasn't paying attention the first time. When I saw it again, I was like, this actually is really good. <laughs> like, I really enjoyed it. I did have a non-serious moment when I was watching it and thinking when he was talking about wearing the mask and how he wears it 
everywhere other than when he's in the ring and he takes it off to fight. I had this image of him doing everyday chores around the house with Charlotte wearing the mask, like going to the grocery store, wearing the mask, <laughs> going to the bank with him, like, you know, doing yard work, wearing Blowing the mask. The lawn. Yeah. 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 Imagine being his neighbor. Oh, great. There's a mask guy out there again. Yeah. Shlong, what do you think here? What do you think uh, of, um, I mean, the Julia stuff was what it was. She was filling in. Clearly filling. Yeah, time. I mean that was that was a film match. I love Julia Hart's presentation anymore. The fact that she sings yep. along to her song, I think, is the greatest thing they ever added, and it's so subtle but so creepy. Um, the pro, the dueling promos were awesome. It's weird that uh, Andrade came back as a face, and that's not an insult to Andrade. He's just so good as a heel. It's like almost surprising that they would put him, but it's working. I don't think this is leading to him joining you know, uh, the house of black. I think this is just, I think that's the mind games that Malachi plays that he's going to get in everyone's head. I do think it, it means the LFO comes and sings some songs and then we have a, we have a good match, but I'm very, I'm very intrigued by this. This is, this is a good story. It was a great way to bring Andrade back into a real feud with some, you know, some great, and it keeps the house of black in something cause they needed something to, to, you know, to sink their teeth into as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm I'm interested to see where it goes, but at the same time, I don't want to see them move too slowly with it. You know what I mean? Like, I want them to keep this moving and let's sort of figure out where it's going. Like, I hate when they quickly burn things where it's like week one is sort of here's what we're setting up. And then week two, we're already blowing it off. Like, I hate when they do that. I think they're moving at a good pace now, but don't slow down. Like, just keep moving. And I think they'll be good. Well, I think just that's to me always been the problem. Though, is like when you ha- now they have two shows, so you're sp- spreading talent out more. But when you have all this talent, there's no you can slow burn a story and not feel like it's taking forever, because all you basically do is just every other week it or every few weeks it. You you, you know like next week you don't have Andrade and House of Black on. You know they, that yep. way you just don't tell the story that week, and then the following week you do. Like you can you can slow roll it without. People being like, oh, this is dragging. When it drags is when you keep seeing the same stuff over and over and over again. Yeah, I mean, I think they're, I agree with you, Ryan. I think they're moving at a good pace. I really just don't want to see them slow down. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to see them take a week off with this because I think you lose that momentum. I'd like to keep it going. Um. Moving into the next match, it was our um, oh, JP loves gaming. Go ahead. The LFO lead singer did pass because that JP J loves gaming says LFO lead singer passed. I believe I'm pretty sure too. And well, I've taken back passed, one wish. Another member passed, and then another original member passed. Jesus Christ, are they cursed? Because one guy got replaced before they made it big. So, Jokes why I know this, I have no idea. Uh, we know it's because they're your favorite band but it's summertime that is true it is summertime uh we had our tag team eliminator match bullet club gold or the bang bang gang versus ftr and for those who maybe weren't aware an eliminator match means if juice and jay white lose they do not get to challenge for the titles as long as they're held by ftr that's the eliminator part of it uh, but if they do win, they get a shot. So, cutting to the end of this, um, Wheeler eats a Blade Runner, leaving White and Harwood, uh, you know, alone in the ring. 
Dax didn't catch a tag that happened and he tried to roll up Jay White and Juice used that opening to DDT him and score a pin while White was stopping Wheeler from breaking it up. So the Bang Bang Gang win to defeat FTR via pinfall. Uh, and we do eventually find out. Uh, I don't, uh, to be honest, I don't know if it happened here and I'm not far enough ahead in the notes, but uh, they are going to get a shot two out of three falls this Saturday on Collision for those titles. This match is the where live on the Saturday night, I got about halfway through it and then I, I, I left. Uh, so I didn't see the end of it, but what I saw the first half of it was fantastic and everything I saw uh, about this match was that it was uh, was really well done. Uh, Ryan, your eyes are as wide as saucers, uh, so I'm going to go to you first. Uh, did you love this match or did you hate it? I'm going to guess that you loved it. I mean, listen, I could have be the most angry man in the world. You have to love this match. It was a world-class banger. They went at it. Both teams looked awesome. It was just honestly just good tag team wrestling, which seems weird, but they they told a great story. The, the ending was clean, which was the most shocking part. Like it wasn't this, you know, you didn't have the guns come running down and like bang, you know, cash on the back of the head or something. And, and that like it was relatively clean. It was just awesome. This is this is what we wanted from FTR when like people kept saying for months, like they're the best tag team in the world. Give them something to do. It's like, what did you do? You put them in a feud with two of the other best wrestlers in the world, you know, and uh, juice is hilarious. Just his reactions and what he, when they won the way he was handling it, it's just so good. And the two out of three is going to be nuts. I don't know how they top it. Cause this was just incredible. And uh, Kyle K. Sparks did note that it was uh, in a backstage interview with Shivani almost immediately after. Yeah. So they were interviewing FTR, and then uh, the Bang Bang Gang came back. And we're like, "Why are you interviewing them? We're the winners. We've won twice now. So that's why we need two out of three falls." Well, I like it, uh, Asian Joe. I want to get your thoughts, but really quick, uh, Jesse Ozog says, "Hello, friends." Hi, Jesse. Good to see you here. Thanks for coming. So I, I thought this match really of Willow and Willow and Athena not being able to wrestle tonight. This match really benefited from getting a lot of the extra time. Um, it felt like a long match, but like it felt perfect by the time it ended. And um, having it lead up to the two out of three fall match is nice. I thought they were a little bit too cordial backstage. I thought that was kind of an interesting thing of like, you know, they're shaking hands and just talking trash. And I'm like, I, I thought it'd be a little bit more, you know, anger between the two of them. But uh, yeah, I, it was, I don't know. I think it might have been the match of the night, I guess, over Punk and Joe. So oh, without question, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of what I'm seeing out there is people are saying, you know, I know Punk Joe was, you know, your main event, but. I really do feel like I'm seeing a lot of stuff out there saying that this was the match of the night. And it's hard to debate that. I mean, I only got to see half of it and I was, you know, I was into it. Um, I mean, but how can you, you know, how can you expect these teams not to have a good match, right? FTR is so good at what they do. 
Jay White is very good at what he does. And I think, you know, Juice is a sleeper. Like, people don't... I think there are a number of people who don't think Juice is as good as he is. But Juice is very is a very good wrestler. Um, so I'm looking forward to two out of three falls. Um, that's going to happen on Collision. And, um, you know, Gordon Post brings up a good point. Why is the tag title match going to be on Collision and not on Battle of the Belts? That's a great question, but they could easily give this match the whole second hour. Um, well, they did one fall at the end of one and then just carried the second fall into Battle of the Belts. They very well could do something like that. That could also be a cool idea is to have it, you know, go between the shows. That could be something they try to do. Not a bad. They also point. care more about uh, collision ratings than they do battle of the belt yep. rating. Absolutely. Um, we do get uh, the news that Sean Spears is challenging for the TNT championship at Battle of the Belt, so we at least know we're going to get a TNT shot uh, during that show. I kept thinking they're going to do the FTW belt at Battle of the Belts, but I haven't heard anything about that. It doesn't seem like they're ready to burn that one yet. So. I don't know. I guess Chris Statlander open challenge and then one other belt. Mm, I don't know. It'll probably be, you know what? It'll probably be like ring of honor, pure championship. Like, and that's fine. But if they really care about this show, they need to hype it a little bit more. Like, tell us what's going to be on this show. I just don't understand. I agree. Yeah, there's no no argument on my end. I'm trying to scroll ahead. Sorry. Uh, Scorpio Sky versus Action Andretti. Uh, Scorpio Sky defeats Action Andretti via pinfall with the uh, TKO. Uh, good to see uh, Scorpio back in the ring. Uh, Sky did extend his hand to and- Andretti after the match and helped him up before leaving. Um, listen, I've... Again, I haven't watched this match, but just knowing Scorpio Sky is back in action, uh, very, very good uh, for me. I've, I've got to again watch this because I have to watch the main event too. Um, from what I saw, what I've heard is Scorpio looked good. I think we're gonna quickly see how much we've missed him in action. You know, for whatever it's been eight goddamn months that he hasn't been in in the ring, um, but. You know, you guys have seen it. You tell me, was this uh, a good showing out of Scorpio? Yeah, I think so. I think it was, it was it's typical what you expect from Scorpio. I just, the biggest takeaway I have is this is great. He's on TV now, but like, what are we going to, what are we doing with him? I mean, you can have him, you know, be jobbery for the most part, you know, like, like a dark match. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with him and they keep, you know, they tried resetting him with a couple of promo packages, and I just don't know what the story is that with him. I mean, I would think they could um, they could give him the international title. They can build up something there, but we have to obviously get past. Well, they did just get past the. Uh, well, we'll talk about the blind tag tournament, but there is the possibility that you can ignite that, but I don't know because, you know, Scorpio's just getting back in action 
he's been in his promos lately being like, I'm going to quickly show you who I am and what I can do or whatever he's been saying. Right. And then snap his fingers. That could be something to do to him. I don't think you give him, I don't think he needs a TNT title, but maybe the international title could be something to do. And I'm not even joking. Who's the TNT champion guys. Christian. You guys are wrong. It's Luchasaurus. Anyway. Um, I'm sorry. You do you have a picture of Luchasaurus with the belt. Doesn't matter. It's who's in the book as the champion. And that book says Luchasaurus. Wrestling dinosaur. Uh, main event. Oh, I'm sorry, Joe. Go ahead. Did you have something? No, no. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, main event CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. Uh, I will quickly get to the end of this. CM Punk defeats Joe via pinfall. Um, Joe is shocked. Um, uh, you know, Punk has finally climbed that mountain. Uh, and, uh, Joe, uh, offers his hand punk reluctant. He does extend, they shake hands and then Joe turns on him with the Kokina clutch. Um, Joe is screaming. I've always uh, been better than you. Um, he went to grab a chair, but FTR comes to protect punk. Uh, and then Starks comes out. Uh, and we're slowly sort of walking and stopping at the top of the ramp. Um, and then Punk sees Starks. Ricky walks off, looking, you know, back as he goes. And, um, you know, that's it. Fade to black. So we're going to get uh, CM Punk versus Ricky Starks in the final. I know I want to, who I want to see win this tournament. Um, but I'd like to throw two things to you guys first. One, did the match live up to the hype? And two, now knowing who is in the final, who do you want to see win the cup? I'm going to give it to Joe first. All right. I said I, I want to see Ricky win the cup because I think it does more for him and it builds more storylines for Punk going forward. Cause you keep talking about wanting to earn it and you know, really playing up this, you know, I want to do it for Canada. I want to do it for Owen. Um, so I think Ricky's the logical choice to win it. Uh, the match I thought was good. Um, it's not going to be that good. Their trilogy, obviously, because what, 15, 18 years later. But um, I thought they hit a lot of good parts from those matches in this one. Um, and one of the spots that kind of, was uh, call, a nice callback with, you know, with, when Punk would put in the chair on the outside and Joe comes running with his foot to his side of the face. Um, I think that would call back to their first match. Um, so, and then, like what you said at the end there with uh, and how it kind of quickly ended with a, a roll-up, I think just gives up so much meat on the bone to tell this further down the line when Punk gets past some other things, uh, we can revisit this and and uh, it'll be an even bigger thing. Maybe we do it on RH. That'd be interesting. I mean, it, it, you know, Joe holds a belt in Ring of Honor. So there are some stakes for Joe if he thinks he's better than CM Punk still. Um, but, Shlong, let's get your thoughts first before I give you my thought on the final. Uh, who do you think should win, and did the match live up to the hype for you? Well, the match didn't have as much hype for me as it did for like 
Kate or Kyle K Sparks in the chat or probably Matt, um, who w was on this podcast at some point. Uh, because I don't have the ROH history, like I'm a more recent ROH convert. I, I even put it out on there on Twitter was basically asking people like, what am I looking for? Like, what are the, the callbacks? It, but it was a really good match with a lot of story. I like, I like how it went down. It was, it, it could have easily been bad and that's not an insult to either guys, but you have two guys that are a little older. They could have very easily tried to relive the glory days in a bad way, like thinking they were the same guys and they're not. But I feel like they told the match that fits perfectly that they're both in their forties now. They have a lot of experience. They've won, you know, championships. They're legends. I like the way they beat Joe because it's Joe still looks super strong. Um, Punk doesn't look weak because that's how you beat a guy like Joe. But Joe looks super strong. Punk looks dumb for shaking Joe's hand. I mean, you should know better. Joe is Joe. But I, I really enjoyed it. I, I can't speak again to specific callbacks. I do like that he wore the shorts because he wore shorts when he fought Joe, you know, in ROH. Even I know that. Uh but overall, I liked I liked Ricky, but my favorite part was Ricky Starks walking out the end as as um as Punk is laying on the on the ground, you know, basically just waking up and Ricky Starks kind of just looking at him like oh boy. I have Ricky winning. I want Ricky to win. I think Ricky needs it more. I think it benefits him more. I think it also tells a better story. I think this is I think Ricky winning is the beginning of a punk heel turn that we all kind of want to see happen. I think that might build in to some what happens with the Bang Bang Gang and FTR. Um FTR doesn't necessarily have to lose, but they could cheat to win, and all of a sudden you have a group of, you know. But some people still like the idea that Punk turns on FTR with the Bang Bang Gang, but that's a whole different story. But either way, I, I have Ricky winning. I think Ricky needs it more, and I think he's doing everything you could ever ask for from him. He is a star. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I can't say whether the match lives up to the hype because I haven't seen it yet. Uh, but um, it seems like most people were happy from what I've been seeing on social and everywhere else. As far as the tournament, I'm with both you guys. I think that Ricky should win this and could do more with this win to put him over. But there is that in the back of my brain. You know, hey, last year you gave it to Britt over Ruby, and Britt didn't need it. And I'm just hoping they don't do the same thing here this year because Stark should get it. Stark, Stark's... Uh, I'll say needs it. He doesn't really need it. He's over, but he should get it to sort of cement himself and legitimize himself. So I really just want to see Punk get him over and have Ricky win this thing. But there is that little voice in the back of my head that's like, mm, they're going to give it to Punk here. And Ricky's just going to be sort of floating in the ether again. I just, I just really want Ricky to win this. I really do. I think he can use it. I don't know. Agreed. Well, guys, uh, we talked about everything last week. We definitely got to talk about Dynamite tonight. There's a lot to talk about. We have news and notes. So we're going to step aside momentarily to refuel, take a bathroom break. Even though there's no ladies wrestling on at the moment, we'll go to the bathroom, maybe get some chicken fingers. Who knows? 
Stay tuned. We will be right back after a word or multiple words from some of the other shows that are part of the Shining Wizards Network, the network that we're proud to be part of. We'd like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in every Monday night to listen to The Shining Wizards. If you'd like to continue to support us outside of listening, we've got a few ways for you to do that. If you shop at Amazon, go over to Amazon.ShiningWizards.com, do your shopping as usual, and when you make your purchase, a little bit of that purchase price will go back to support the show. If you like to wear t-shirts, Merch.ShiningWizards.com will take you to our Pro SMT store, where we've got over a dozen great designs from over 11 years of professional wrestling podcasting. You can become a Patreon supporter at Patreon.com slash Wizards Podcast, where each and every week we call out your name as one of our show producers, and the more you support us, the more things that you're entitled to receive and believe me they are fantastic if you can't support us monetarily if you don't shop at amazon that's absolutely fine continue to listen to us wherever you listen to us on the world wide web and make sure you like rate review subscribe do all that good stuff doesn't cost you anything helps us out and we can continue to bring you the love fest that is the shining wizards What's up, folks? It's your boy, the Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting. Find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always, we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones, too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcast, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. like your music heavy then check out radioactive metal on the shining wizards network for over 16 years now radioactive metal has been one of the longest running podcasts over the years we've interviewed some legendary metal acts had some awesome discussions and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes so join your cool uncle snowy and his co-host aaron for the audio mosh pit that is radioactive metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. Well, the action is underway! 
What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder. Because if you don't find us, we will find you. I'm Kevin Rowe. I'm Al Day. And we're a couple of down-under pounders that co-host Rogue Day Dots, an action figure collecting podcast where we talk about, well, just about anything that tickles our fancy at any given moment. We're grumpy old men, and sometimes people get on our nerves, and if you get on our nerves, guess what? You get off the lawn. Get off my lawn, asshole! We also go on a little bit of a mission. We go back and we're grading every wrestling figure line that's out there. I'm talking LJMs. I'm talking Jacks. I'm talking Hasbros. Who doesn't like a little Hulk of Blacks? It's a Gorilla Brain Wrestling Podcast production found on the Shining Wizards Network. I'm Duke Bags. Kevin Rowe! And together we are the co-hosts of your Duke Rowe. If you want to hear about some terrible wrestling shows, we got you covered. Well, we talk about good ones, too. We're currently talking about the death of stuff. I know what we're fucking talking about. Sometimes we get uh, guest spots, like from the Taskmaster. I like to uh, I like to listen to the Year of Duke and Rope podcast. They're uh, funny guys. That uh, I like when they I like when they talk about the, the, the Nards plows. I like Nards plows. That's uh, that's a good move. And uh, I like the Dungeon of Doom. You know, sometimes, sometimes I, I call my butt the Dungeon of Doom. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Oklahoma. Let me tell you a little bit about my favorite wrestling podcast. All right. It's a podcast for two men. Two men. Duke Banks, Kevin Broke. They talk about professional wrestling. It's a man's sport. All right. And who better to talk about a man's sport than Duke Banks? Oklahoma. Once in a while, it's Russo's top spot. Oh, you piece of shit! If you're not listening to the Year of Duke and Rome podcast in the back with the boys, you piece of shit, I don't know what you're doing. It's, uh, you gotta slide one in there. If you're a man, if you're a man, you're talking about something only a man can do. slide one in there. Bro, take the time to slide one in there. Alright, bro, you piece of shit. Slide one in there. A Gorilla Brain Wrestling podcast production that you can find on the Shining Wizards Network. All right, we're back here on the Mark Order podcast, part of the Shining Wizards Network. Thank you to all the other lovely shows for their words. A couple quick pieces of business. Follow us at Mark Order Pod on all our social 
uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Threads now, YouTube, uh, TikTok. I think I said it. Whatever. Uh, at Mark Order Pod. And if you'd like to show your support for us, and like some people say, uh, if you really want to support women, then head on over to our pro wrestling tea store and pick up a Mark Order Podcast T-shirt. You could do that by going to our link tree in our bios. Uh, and clicking the button to go to our store. You can go to prowrestlingtees.com slash markorderpod, or you can just search Pro Wrestling Tees for the Mark Order Podcast, and our store will pop up. We got four shirts for you. Two of them are front prints only. Two of them are double-sided, a front print and a back print. And if you are enjoying the shirt that that Asian Joe is wearing right now, He's got a gray variant. That was a limited edition. Three of them were sold. That is all that is available to the outside world. He was lucky to get one. Uh, But if you'd like to get your Mark Order podcast shirt, pick one up. The money you spend in that store uh, does go back into this show. Uh, So uh, it does uh, things like allow us to do some production work, you know, pay for our streaming stuff. Uh, as well as uh, things like stickers when we decide to do that again in the future. So um, help support us and support women and buy a Mark Order podcast t-shirt. Thank you, Kate. Uh, All right, guys, let's talk about Dynamite. Uh, There's a bunch of stuff to unpack here, um, but we should be able to move through this at a pretty good pace. They open up tonight with Chris Jericho versus Commander. Uh, And Jericho does win by submission with the Lion Tamer. The interesting thing to note here is Jericho is out there by himself tonight. Obviously, last week, Don Callis asked him to be part of the Callis family. Jericho said maybe. So, of course, post-match, Don Callis makes his entrance. He gets in the ring and says the whole wrestling world is buzzing at the possibility of Jericho joining the Don Callis family. And he stresses the connection between them via Bad News Allen and says he has a serious or he has a surprise for him. It's old footage of the three of them together. And Jericho says that he remembers back in 95 and it's uh, he remembers that from back in 95 and it's funny because he still has all his hair and Don well not so much. Callis says the bad news is smiling in heaven just at the possibility of Jericho joining, but he's not here to put pressure on him and he's happy to wait for an answer just Think about what Bad News Allen would have wanted. And we move on to what's next. So um, I'll say this. The opener was what it was. Uh, It wasn't terrible, but we got to see Commander shine in some moments. Jericho obviously is going to get these matches in Canada. And of course, winning with the uh, Lion Tamer is a great nod to some of the Canadians who haven't had a chance to see him in quite some time. So I'll let it pass. Uh, but the intriguing stuff for me is wherever this Don Callis family, you know, business is going. Um, so I'll throw it. Ryan, I'm going to throw it to our guest first. Take a breather. I'll throw it to our guest. Um, Asian Joe, what did you think about the match and all the after match? I'm with you. It was fine. It was. Uh, it never seemed quite to get past a, a second gear for me. Um and then, you know, a part of me almost kind of wanted maybe Jericho to lose and kind of go on a tail spin and, like, you know, have Don kind of come there to try to, you know, save the day and take him into his family and 
help bring him back to the Jericho of old. But, um, and the only other takeaway I had was looking back at that footage from 1995, Don looked old in 95. Yes, he did. <laughs> he looked older. I think he looks older yeah. in 95 than he does now. Yeah. Maybe it's the hair. It is weird. He did somehow look older. Yes, I will agree with you. Ryan, this is. Oh, sorry. I, I didn't. Well, you were talking and I was giving you a second. And you've been freezing. So I'm. I'm. Oh, stop. Don't put that voodoo on me, Ricky Bobby. That was voodoo was on you. But I mean, the match was what it was. Uh, Commander moves a little fast, I think, for Jericho at this stage of his career. But Jericho did the best he could. Um, I've read. Uh, I forget where who tweeted it. So I'm sorry. I can't you know, give him credit. But they put out couple days ago that it's pretty neat to see Jericho wrestle uh, Luchador on a station where he made a name wrestling Luchadors because you know he also did the Saturday nights and stuff so he did so that that was kind of a neat thing like a little throwback for him uh, again match was what it was uh, commander is uh, I don't know what they're doing with him so I'm just I like him but like you got to tell me what you're doing with him type deal yep uh, the, the after was great because it was just so weird in its way. Like the sound was kind of off because you couldn't hear what they were saying on the video and they were trying to like respond to it. And it was just, but it didn't matter because all you saw was 55 year old Don Callis, but it was 1995 and it again, looked older. And I, Joe had my, like Jericho looks younger, like blatant, like looks like a 95 Jericho. Meanwhile, I'm looking at Cal's like, you look better now. What the hell? It, you know, it's the Arn Anderson effect where you look old, really young. Like you look really old, really young, but then you never kind of age. You always just kind of stay at that level. Yeah, it's funny that you bring that up too. And it's funny that, you know, Joe was talking about how, uh, how Don Callis looked older because I was watching something the other day with Mrs. Money. It might have even been we were flipping around and like uh, the Twilight Zone was on and it was the episode with Burgess Meredith where, you know, the nuclear bomb goes off and his glasses break and all he wants to do is read. And I made the comment to Mrs. Money. The guy never looked young. I mean, same thing with like Charles Bronson. Never looked young. Always looked old. It is odd when people seem to age in reverse. And Don Callis certainly has that going on. Yeah, the old yep. Benjamin Button. That's right. Ben Button syndrome. But moving on, Marvez is interviewing uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, uh, who is holed up in the back of a car, and he, he is complaining about workplace safety and saying that he's here to wrestle inside of a ring. And of course, Hook jumps him in the car, and Jungle Boy barely gets away because of those damn child locks. And Hook eventually gets out of the car, looks down the camera, and tells Jungle Boy he's going to he's you know, keep running. He's going to go, he's going to keep finding them. And we go to our first break. So honestly, guys, I thought we were going to get the, the challenge for the FTW belt at battle of the belts. Maybe that'll happen on rampage. I don't know. I just like, again, this is one of those things. It's like, I didn't know if I needed it. And I still am not sure if I need it. I just want to see this progress somehow, instead of it just being like, attacks in the back week after week with jungle boy running off. Like I get it. He's, you know, shit healing here. Like, yeah, I want to wrestle in a ring. 
I don't want to wrestle like in a car and like, you know, doing that whole thing. I get it. But like, you know, man, let's, let's move this along. Let's get to something. Give me a match somewhere. At least give me something to look forward to. I don't know if you guys feel the same. Um, I, I actually don't mind, uh, with, with, uh, the, the story, I like it. I think it's about time Hook was given an actual story. So I think this works. I thought it was hilarious when Marvez knocked on the window and Jungle Boy he rolls down and he kind of looks both ways to be like, what's going on? I yeah. just, that was, you know, because for a guy who's really not that good at that side of things, I thought that was a, a real good sign from him. And then the child locks thing. That was like, I, you know, everyone was making the same thing. Like, did he get stuck with the child locks? Like, it's just a funny little, you don't have to say it, but say it thing. Um, but I'm looking forward to the match. Again, Hook needed this more than Jungle Boy in a lot of ways because Jungle sure. Boy, but Hook is, Hook always r- runs the problem. Like, was starting to get to the point where it's like, okay, you never, he wrestles once every two years and he's only out once every, you know, six months. It's not worth it. So now you've given him something where he's actually in a story and I really enjoy it. And, and maybe uh, Asian Joe, I don't know if one of you guys maybe could tell me because I, I don't know if I missed something, but. Hook did stumble out of the backseat of that car like maybe he got hit. Did Jungle Boy hit him to get away? Did I miss that? I don't remember if he hit him or if he just was stumbling trying to like reach after him. But I do want Yeah, that felt like a, I'm a stumbling because I'm trying to catch you thing. Yeah. I think I want to acknowledge the fact that I think it's Jack Perry now. I don't think they even refer to him as Jungle Boy, right? Good. Yeah, I think that's true. I think they're just calling him Jack Perry. Yes, I'm just used to calling him so, Jungle Boy. I like I like his yeah. work on the on the mic uh, on the promos now a lot better than when he was a face and his face promos were like the same thing over and over and over. Uh, Kyle, sorry, I was reading too. Kyle K. Sparks in the chat is saying, uh, Hook reached out through the window, got Jungle Boy by the hair, and Jungle Boy hit a back elbow to break it up. So I just missed it. But it makes sense. Always that damn back elbow. Gotta watch out. Gotta watch out. Um, they do go to break, and we come back with the gorgeous Renee Paquette interviewing Don Callis backstage. Oh, I Callis, thought that was gonna be for Don Callis. Uh, no, Don Callis. Somehow looking younger now. I don't know why that would be a bad thing, but um. He says that Jericho is a fabulous athlete, but if you want announcements, he's going to go to the ring and announce the fifth member of the Blackpool Combat Club at Blood and Guts. And he says he's not a tough guy and he never claimed to be, but if there's one guy he's not afraid of, it's that gutless coward, Kenny Omega. So he'll be out there alone. So we're foreshadowing forward. We don't necessarily need to call attention to anything here unless anybody wants to, but I will keep pushing forward if we'd like. So I'm going to keep pushing forward. You pause me if I need to. We do get footage uh, again from Adam Cole and MJF. Their uh, bonding session over this past weekend. I love how we're continuing to see this. And MJF asked Cole why he's not wearing the shirt. They're hanging out at a bar doing some shots. And he's not wearing the shirt. And Adam claims that he lost it. And the bickering stops for a moment when... Four girls walk by. MJF says uh, he's done the math. That's two for each of them. And he says, I can get rid of the cameras. And Cole says he actually really does care about Brit. 
and Max is like, that's, uh, that's four for daddy. And he walks over to the girls and, uh, says, uh, who'd like to come with me to the bathroom? And they sort of go back to Cole after a little bit of time passes. He's chatting with the cameraman and Max returns and says, um, what did he say? Like the, the Max is drained or something like that. Whatever. He said, I'm all daddy's maxed out or something stupid. Like think that. Of it was that one. Yeah. It's so, it was so funny. Um, but Cole does admit that he never lost a shirt. He will put it on here. And now if Adam gets to pick the next activity. And so MJF says, sure. He whispers in his ear and Max is not happy. So they cut to them playing AEW fight forever and says he won't play games like some weepy virgin nerd, but Cole sells him on the character stats and uh, they play a tag team match against FTR. And Max admits it is pretty fun to play games with a friend. And Adam asks if he's ever played a multiplayer game. That's when MJF admits you need to have friends for that. So Cole does ask to pause the game and says that he's going to be totally honest and says when they were forced to be in a team, he had every intention of blindsiding him and cutting him out at the knees. So Max laughs and says he was going to do the same thing. And Adam tells him that he's actually cool. And he really means that MJF says that Cole is pretty cool and they pledge to win the tag team titles together and they do it in the video game. So, um, we do get a little more out of them later, but I love this guys. And I'm going to throw it here to you, Ryan first, because we've been talking about this. What we talked about last week, you didn't happen to show up, but we talked about it last week and we talked about it the week before. And I've been saying, I want them to find this common ground and Adam to buy into this. And it looks like that's what we're seeing. And we're also, I think seeing an MJF who wasn't, who is planning on, you know, turning on Adam Cole, but is now finding that he likes Adam Cole a little bit more than maybe he thought. Schlong, do you like this this route that they're going? Right now, it doesn't seem to be a ruse. My problem is I think it's going to end up being a ruse, and that's going to really hurt me. And I think it's a better story, though, if they don't make it a ruse. I'm still fine with MJF being heel and this falling apart somehow, but I think it's better for MJF's character if, like, this was, like, a moment where he actually tried to connect like he he found himself connecting with someone and it fell apart because it would make him more cynical going forward but it would be a different story than everything he's told in the past which is he uses people uh obviously we see it later on roddy strong is going to be playing a role in this he could betray i think he's going to betray adam cole and i think mjf is going to have something to do with that um it's a whole thing. I, I don't know. I, I think they're better off again. MJFC heel, but I think they're better off making this real where like MJF really did start to like Adam Cole and if whether it falls apart or not, it's at least a layer to his character character that he doesn't have right now. This reminds me of like uh, their budding bromance is like when your friend starts dating someone new and they drop everything for the for this new person they're with and they ignore you and you know then there's the jealousy that comes up and 
I'm interested to see kind of where, how the, the triangle just played into this and, and how that divides them. But, um, Adam, we used to play video games together. I mean, there is a lot, there are a lot of ways they can go with this. And we do get a glimpse of it later. Um, not do you, think far, this, do you think this is a ruse, Joe? I mean, by someone. So obviously, I'm, it's like a game of chickens. I want to see who who breaks first. So like, who who's gonna pull the trigger and and turn? I'm gonna be the only outlier here. I don't think this is gonna wind up being a ruse. At least on the people we think it's gonna be a ruse. I think there's something else that can happen. I'll get to it when we get there in the show. But let's move on for the moment. We get our next uh, Blind Eliminator Tag Tournament semifinal, our first one of the night, I'm sorry. Darby Allen and Orange Cassidy versus uh, Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara. Um, as we get to the end here, uh, Sammy and Darby are are trading back and forth, um, and Prince Nana is able to come down to the ring as uh, Daniel Garcia uh, is outside. Um and Prince Nana uh, gives Darby's skateboard to Daniel Garcia. Uh, and that's when um, Darby Allen, who's in the ring, starts to sort of reach out and try to grab the skateboard. The referee gets involved. He's sort of going back and forth with Prince Nana. And Swerve comes out of nowhere to blast Darby Allen in the head with a kick through the ropes. He is able to run off with Prince Nana. The referee doesn't see it. Sammy gets Darby Allen up. And the JAS win by pinfall with the GTH from Sammy Guevara on Darby Allen. After the match, we do see, you know, Sammy is celebrating with Danny Garcia, but Sammy also extends his hand to Darby Allen. Almost like he knew what happened and he didn't love it, but he's okay with it because they live to fight another day. But it is interesting to see this these little face moments out of uh, Sammy Guevara as we're sort of trying to figure out what's going on with the Jericho Appreciation Society. So as far as the match goes and everything else, Joe, what'd you, what'd you, what'd you take away here? It was what you come to respect with these four. I mean, they're consistent. Uh, it's really going to be good, good wrestling, fast paced. Um, again, like you said, I think it's a lot more about Sammy's face turn and where that's going to go, um, I think it's. I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with Swerve and if they do a Swerve Darby program, because eventually we're supposed to get a Swerve lead program of supposedly. Um, and my other takeaway was I really hope that they make a Daniel Garcia figure that dances. Yeah, I think that'd be amazing if you just sat there and just did his dance like on your on your table. I will say this i don't even need a figure or a toy that dances just give me him in the packaging in dance pose that will be good enough for me schlong what'd you take away here i take away that orange cassidy's very beat up and they're selling that in the matches now that like he takes that move and he's much hard it's much longer for him to get going and He's doing a very good job of telling that story over the course of weeks and months. So I'm really enjoying that. Sammy, I think, did a lot of good nonverbal uh, storytelling tonight with his walkout and like the way he reacted to Garcia coming out right behind him. And then the after the match stuff, like you said, where 
Garcia, like Sammy's kind of like, all right, we did it. Not how I would have done it, but so like you're seeing the Sammy face turn continue, and I really appreciate that. I think Garcia's doing a good job of kind of being like annoying in the good way. Uh, and I, it was a fantastic match. My God, these four, it, it, it was one of those matches. It started, you know, slower, and then they just kept picking up and picking up and picking up. And by the end, they were going all out, and it really worked well. And then the swerve, swerve kind of works out well because I, I kind of want Swerve to be – I still want Swerve to be the one to beat Orange Cassidy because I think Swerve needs a belt. Um, so I'm all for that. So I, I enjoy this th- from start to finish. And Sammy and Daniel Garcia is, to me, the most interesting blind tag team beyond, beside uh, the obvious of Cole and MJF. Like, yeah, two tag teams that had some fun stories behind them, and they should both be there in the final so that you could tell the whole story. Well, we have to see who's going to make it through the next match, and we're going to get there momentarily. They do give us a Nick Wayne vignette uh, before they go to break. So, again, more of his backstory building to his debut in AEW tonight. We will talk about that. I'll give Marky Mark Kayfabe uh, the credit here for coming up with this one. I don't know why we never thought of it. We do come back for commercial with the ravishing Renee Paquette. Um, it's Don Cal's. What? I still think it's Don Cal's. Come on. She's ravishing. Renee Paquette. Ravishing. Um, and she's trying to get uh, a word with Adam Cole, but he's on the phone. He hangs up and apologizes when Roddy Strong rolls up to ask, you know, if he really likes MJF. And Cole says that MJF is a really a nice guy. And if you remember, they didn't like each other very much when they first met. And that's when he gets a text from Max. And Max asks, uh, he says, don't forget to wear the shirt. Uh, are we finally going to hit the uh, clothesline tonight? And then follows up with, never mind, just saw Brian Cage backstage. I think I have the flu. So uh, Adam Cole um, uh, is, is saying, I've got to go find him. He's not sick. Uh, and we go... Uh, to our next match, which is better than you, baby. That's Adam Cole and MJF, who doesn't look very sick, versus Big Bill Morrissey and Brian Cage in our semifinal, our other semifinal blind tag tournament. Some fun stuff to open the match. MJF uh, tries to body slam uh, Big Bill, doesn't work, so he gets frustrated. He tags uh, Adam Cole and gets frustrated and tries to leave, but Adam Cole talks him back. We see some push ups being done. We see another attempt to um, from MJF to body slam uh, Big Bill, uh, and uh, then eventually Big Bill turns and we're we're off with the match. Cutting to the end here, better than you, Bebe wins by pinfall with the boom from Adam Cole on Brian Cage. So they move on, and our final is set. It'll be Daniel Garcia and Sammy. Oh my goodness, we get uh, Daniel Garcia and. I let the first one slide, Ant. Sorry. Versus better than you, Bebe, uh, in the final, which should be a great match. That's going to happen next week on uh, on Dynamite. But post-match, uh, MJF gets a, a mic, asks the crowd um, uh, if there's any devil worshipers in the house, and then uh, has Adam Cole do the thing because he's over too. There you go. 
Adam Cole Bebe and now tells Cole to talk to the crazy Canucks. And Adam tells him, don't touch me because MJF has touched him again. Uh, and he also says he never expected the team to work, but not only has it worked, they're doing pretty good. And he thinks they're going to win the tournament and furthermore thinks they'll win the tag team titles. Uh, and uh, that's pretty much the gist of the promo. There's a couple other things that, that MJF says, but uh, about the crowd not chanting in unison, he says, you guys are all white. You got to feel the groove or something like that. MJF being MJF. But again, I kind of didn't mention anything before because where I might see this going is I don't necessarily see it would be possible to me to not see Adam Cole turn on MJF or vice versa. I could see them staying together and Cole going further heel and turning on Roddy and basically breaking that up. And in MJF's brain, this works because Adam Cole's not going to want to fight his friend for his championship, right? They're friends. They're not going to fight for the championship belt or MJF will be able to talk him out because now they're close friends. So I sort of think that they could get away with figuring out a way to maybe work a program with Cole and Strong. They could because going back to the earlier vignette where MJF talks about not having, you know, not having friends, maybe he wants Adam Cole to not have friends. So what you do, you, you drive a wedge between that relationship with him and Roddy, mm-hmm. and then you, abandon, then you abandon him, and then he's all by himself again. Yeah, I mean, it can work. It can work. Either the match was perfectly fine, too. It was entertaining. I don't think anybody thought Big Bill and Brian Cage were going to move on to the final here. So I think this final uh, is a really good, strong uh, tag match. It'll be interesting to see. Obviously, uh, the winner will get uh, a shot at the titles on... um, on collision when they arrive in Hartford, I think in two weeks. Um, and it's going to be interesting too, because uh, FTR has to outlast the bang, bang gang. So we might not even get to FTR versus whoever this winner is. So they can go a lot of ways with this either way. Schlong, let's dip into your thoughts first. Uh, what'd you think of all of this? I love that MJF is doing the uh, the Steiner Brothers entrance with, with Adam Cole. It's such a subtle thing, but it cracks me up every time. He runs around. He's the good dog face gremlin. I don't know why he chose that, but it's so funny to me. Um, match was fine. You know, nothing, nothing bad. It was great. I actually like the story of the match more than the actual match. Uh, but that's not an insult. You know, MJF just told a really funny story about he, as he kept trying to uh, pick up Big Bill and couldn't do it, and then finally did it. What's amazing is how over the idea of a double clothesline is. And you know they're going to win the tournament with a double clothesline. Like, they just have to do that because the crowd was chanting for it. How do you not give the crowd what they want? Like, that is the moment. So if, if anything tells you how well the story is going – it's that you have the crowd chanting for a double clothesline. Joe, what are your thoughts? Two out of thoughts. Um, One. Yeah. The double clothesline. I mean, if, if it's on his elbow pad, you have to, you have to use it, right? Like it's on MJF's elbow pad, calling out the double clothesline. 
um, about the instruments that you mentioned, Ryan, about the running around, I, th- I took it more as a, as a thing to, of, of Sean more than Steiner due to Sean Michael's relationship with Cole. Um, and then the other thing I, I was going to note from that match was um, Brian Cage and Big Bill looked like the partners that Lil Money's Skeletor Deathblood would team with. Like That's like a trio's match right there. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Just monsters. Um, hard to believe that Big Bill and Brian Cage would not be able to squash these guys like bugs, but you know, it is what it is. Um, it's a shame that we likely won't see them get to tag a little bit more because of the mogul embassy and you know, whatever. But who knows? Maybe they'll figure out a way to work Big Bill into the mogul embassy. Um, and uh, maybe even get him a little bit of work on Ring of Honor or something. Who knows? But we'll see. And we move on with the absolutely stunning. Renee Paquette again. She's a busy woman. Outside Chris Jericho's locker room is Jake Hager. And Jake goes Jake goes in to talk to Chris about the Don Callis thing. Chris says that uh, he doesn't know what he's going to do, but Callis is really making good points, and he needs some time. That's when Hager pulls off his purple bucket hat that he loves so much and reminds him that they also have a history. Ten years ago, he saved uh, Jericho's life in Abu Dhabi. Four years ago, he gave up his undefeated MMA career because Y2J asked. And he gets it. They've got a lot going on. But until Chris can be straight with him, he can't give him 100%. And he hands Jericho the hat and leaves with Chris looking a little dejected going into break. A sad, sad day when the bucket hat goes away. But uh, it is necessary. To start busting this up, I so they missed an opportunity. I really thought Jericho was gonna like dead seriously look into the camera and, and hold the hat, saying, "But I thought you loved this hat." I was waiting for somebody. No, no lie, Joe. I really thought Jake Haker was gonna say something like, "I love this hat, but I can't give you a hundred. or like you said, Jericho asking him, "I thought you loved this hat." You know what I mean? Like. Yes, I did see that as a missed opportunity. Shlong, would you uh, think of this? Work, not work? Oh, yeah, it's hilarious, and it it's needed to advance the story, so both things work. Well, Jericho needs time. We're going to see how this plays out, but we move on after break to our bathroom break of the night for some, uh, but not for me. Ruby Soho versus Sky Blue in the Owen Hart foundation tournament semifinal in this match we did see the outsiders accompany ruby soho to the ring but they are asked to leave well they're commanded to leave um because they start to get involved in the match and as we get through ruby soho wins by pinfall um and the outcasts come down to celebrate and sky blue is out of this tournament so you know, I know we had talked about this one too, Ryan, sort of the way this tournament could shake out. Um, my feeling was that at the early onset of this, they really wanted Sky Blue to have it, but it's hard to see her get past everybody she needs to get past, right? Like, I don't think in a one-on-one she's going to get past Ruby. She didn't tonight. 
So it all works out. I also think that we had spoken about this and we felt like maybe this is the make good on Ruby because she really should have won this tournament last year. I'm okay with it. What I'm more interested in seeing is who she's going to face because there's two possible ways to go with the Athena Willow. If Willow wins, it sort of advances this story of the outsiders or the outcasts versus the homegrown talent. If Athena wins, it literally should just be a banger of a fucking match. So, like, either way, I think it works. My question to you, and Schlong, I'm going to go with you here first again. Um, Schlong, what uh, what did you think of the match? And also, who would you rather see Ruby face, Willow or Athena? I really enjoyed the match. I actually thought it was a real good showing from from Sky Blue. Gene uh, continues to impress and Ruby's Ruby's awesome. When she had her in submission, she was just yelling at her. I thought that was great. I also think it was really smart to get rid of the rest of the team because it gave Ruby a a solid, you know, clean victory, which I think you need moving forward because I think she does have to establish her talent a bit. Uh, this this tournament made Sky Blue, even though she lost before she got to the finals. I think it really brought her up to that next level, and that's huge for her. I want to see Ruby versus Willow for two reasons. One, Ruby versus Athena is heel versus heel, not always the most fun story. Two, Athena is just not into it right now. Like she's got such a good thing going on in ROH that I just feel like giving her this in, in um, AEW doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And Willow's a natural built story. So I'm I'm very much excited for that. I actually think Willow wins it all. So that's where I'm going with it. Interesting. Joe, what are your thoughts? I initially had thought that maybe they're going to push Guy to win this thing. But um, Ryan, Ryan made a lot of good points about why he pushed Ruby for this spot. But um, I'm like, like you guys just said earlier, Sky had really impressed and improved with her in-ring ability. I feel like if she if you took her ring ability and took you know Julia Hart's work character work and kind of combined them, you have like a great like young uh, wrestling talent between the two of them. And um, other things I kind of noted were when Storm and uh, Soraya got booted, they apparently didn't watch where you can kind of, when you get ejected from ringside, you can just walk like back down. You don't have to stay back there. Like did we not learn anything from like a week ago? But um, right. As far as you know, who I want to see Ruby face for the better storyline is obviously Willow. Better match would be Athena, but um, yeah, I think Willow is the right choice to face, and I think that's kind of telegraphed with Ruby winning tonight. So, well, we have to see how it plays out Friday night, and then we'll get the final on uh, Saturday at Collision. So uh, we will have our winner shortly. Uh, they did uh, They did recap Collision with a video package here in Dynamite. We recapped Collision in the first hour, so if you missed it, go back and watch it or listen to it. Uh, we covered it all here. And uh, we also get a QTV World premiere for Harley Cameron's rap video. Uh, my favorite part of that was the English Bulldog. And also... Uh, coming out of that back, uh, you know, stage QTV, uh, or, or sorry, um, the whole group is basically celebrating. My favorite part is Aaron Solo 
and Harley have like party, you know, blowers in their mouth or whatever, like party horns. And even with them in his mouth, Aaron Solo is spraying the Banaka uh, in his general direction. I thought that was hilarious. QTV also mentioned that it's climbing up the charts as we speak. So very funny. This obviously will get some sort of response from the acclaimed. So we'll see what kind of maybe rap they put out. Anyone want to talk about this? All I'll say is what I what I texted Kate. I loved this, but it should have been on Rampage. 100%. 100%. Slonamite saying it was the best hip-hop of 2010. Can't disagree. If it was rap of 2020s, it would have been chopped and screwed. Slow down, auto-tuned, you know. Like all the uh, young kids listen to these days. These SoundCloud rappers. Um, okay, we get into our main event. It is the debut for Nick Wayne versus Shane Swerve Strickland. Um, now we talked about it briefly last week, uh, maybe even the week before when we found out that Nick Wayne was, was going to be having his first match. Uh, you put him in with the guy you'd want to put him in against, right? They have a history. They wrestled against uh, each other in Defy. They did mention that on TV tonight that they do have a history, so there is a little bit there. But obviously, from a wrestling standpoint, Nick Wayne's first you know, TV showing in front of a large crowd of people, Swerve is going to be the guy who's worked with him who will know how to make sure he can cover. Um, so I thought that was a brilliant choice in everybody's you know, sort of mind when they put that together. Um, we do see the Wayne's world schlong Wayne's world, Wayne's world. Excellent. Party time. Excellent. But Shane Strickland does win by pinfall with the JML driver. Um, and, um, you know, uh, sort of stares down Darby Allen who had come out to the ramp to cheer on Nick Wayne. Now, obviously, uh, they've sort of ignited this thing with Darby and Swerve earlier in the night. Swerve gets his win. Darby doesn't get his win. So I have a feeling we are now going to work ourselves into a Swerve-Darby uh, program before we get the Keith Lee uh, program, which is fine. I'm okay with that. Uh, but I also did enjoy the fact that they didn't give Nick... Wayne the win first time out the only way I think you could have given him the win to not hurt swerve is if he rolled him up somehow as a surprise pin you can't have swerve get knocked out or something here and lose clean because you're losing to an 18 year old in his first professional match like and by 18 I think they even said it literally turned 18 I think Monday so um I thought this went the way it needed to go for the story that they're trying to build, this is good. And I think, me personally, once we got past sort of the first part of this match, it looked like Nick Wayne settled in a little bit. Clearly, there's going to be some butterflies. But what I took away from this, Joe, was that Nick Wayne shows a lot of promise for a young kid. He is going to get better with age as long as he can stay healthy and just continue to work on his craft. There is so much upside to what we saw out of him tonight. Absolutely. I mean, just looking at some of the vignettes he did and how he delivered those, um, you know, on camera, came across really well. 
and then you know combine that with what he does in the ring um it's very you can very it's easy to tell that him and darby train together because the move sets are so similar and the way they move and the, the body types and um so it's no it shouldn't be it's no surprise with how well he is in the ring and another thing i took away was he's such a good seller I thought he sold a lot of Swerve's moves really well in the match, and he's really expressive with his face, and I think that adds a lot to it. Um, and then some other notes I had really of the match was, as you mentioned, him being 18 just now. Like, I didn't love the idea that I had graduated college before he was born, so I feel really old now because of that. Um, the crowd wasn't chanting the right Nick Wayne chant that I expected them to be chanting. And then um, the other note that I had was Darby Allen had really become a motivational speaker of late with him cheering on Nick and him trying to get Sammy to be a better person. He's really become like Matt Foley of AEW. Yeah. Yeah, I like the Matt Foley reference. Not going to yeah. learn on that. Wayne World, you know. Absolutely. Also, Joe, um, you said uh, you felt old realizing you had graduated college before he was born. Uh, Mrs. Money uh, also made a mention. She goes, I could be his mom. Uh, and I was like, yeah, that's that is wild. Um, so, yeah, it's just amazing how young the kid is. And, you know, the vignettes, they said, you know, he was basically in the ring at like, what, six months and they started training at nine, like legitimately training at nine. Yeah. I mean, him, wild. Him and Brody Lee Jr. are going to have some bangers. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, it's the upside that you you see in Nick Wayne. And I know there might be a lot of people who are super critical saying, oh, you look nervous. Dude, first match in front of that many people in a on TV, you have to expect somebody to have some butterflies and they're going to have to settle in. And he settled in just fine. I think the upside is is incredible for this kid. And again, like I said, if he can stay healthy and not, you know, sidetrack his career with injuries and, and stuff like that, you know, sky's the limit, man. I think there's a lot of talent here. Shlong, what did you take away from this match? Get these goddamn children off my TV. I want adults. I want grown men here. What the hell are we doing? If, if we can steal a line from Handsome Kevin, get off my lawn, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I just felt like someone had to be the old man okay. going against these these damn kids. No, he's incredible at his age. It's insane. It, it just You shouldn't be that good at 18. It's just... He, he's got a great future out of him. Uh, you're, you're right. Should have lost this match. I'm glad he did. The key they're going to have with him is... It's going to be tricky. They're going to have to both capitalize on the momentum he has for being the young kid that everyone's hyped to see, but not over put him in a situation he's not ready for too fast. And that's not a knock. It's just, it's his first time on TV. Like, look at all these really talented wrestlers. Almost all of them need a little TV seasoning before they can. So I'm glad I don't have to do it because right now in the ring, what wise he has everything you need i have maybe he's gonna shock me and be the best promo guy already but i would guess by 18 you're not quite there yet but either way he's got such a great future uh 
I'm looking forward to it. Truthfully, he's in AEW, so keep him in AEW, I guess. I wouldn't have been I would have been okay if they put him in an ROH in like a pure division type deal where like he's just wrestling because that's right. He's gonna win a lot of fans by just being wrestling, being such a great wrestler. At least he's not a sports entertainer uh, and part of another entertainer. faction. Entertainer. So that was our main event, but there's still unfinished business. We need to know who the fifth members are in Blood and Guts next week. So Don Callis makes his entrance to announce the fifth man for the BCC at Blood and Guts. Side note, I love Don Callis's music, which isn't really music. It is just low, ominous tones almost like jaws i love it it works so well but he says he's here to make an important announcement he's very excited about it um he's so excited because this fifth member along with the rest of the bcc is going to slaughter the elite and kenny by god omega may god guide their hand and no one is more deserving of this abuse than kenny who is an ingrate a coward and a punk and of course that invokes Kenny Omega. So Omega makes his way out, but Moxley and Takeshita get between him and Callus. And then Pack cuts Omega off with a chair. And they beat Omega down in the ring. And Pack gets on the mic and says he has no idea how long he uh Kenny has no idea how long he's been waiting for this since Kenny shattered his nose bone. Um and he, that he is the fifth man. And Omega will pay his price. That's when they horse collar Kenny with the chair. Pat goes up to the top rope. John asks for any last words. And Kenny says that they still have a fifth man too. To look at the look at the screen. And the lights go down. And we get our video package. And it is confirmed. That Koda Ibushi. Is coming to blood and guts. The golden lovers. Are reunited. The Golden Elite will be the the five-man team. And the Hung Bucks save Omega and clear the ring. Hangman Adam Page says that Wednesday they're going to finish this once and for all. And Kenny says they're done but never out. And they're going to show them it's all about heart, passion, soul, friendship, and love. Consumed by rage, they'll never prosper. And next week they'll find out the uh, the hard way. That a little barbed wire is nothing compared to what they'll do. And when they're down and out, that's when he'll come for Don Callis. So until then, goodbye and good night. Bang. Show's over. So, gentlemen, the moment we've all been waiting for, Kota Ibushi is going to take stage in an AEW ring. And that was sort of, uh, you know, there were some rumors breaking that Ibushi's team had been limiting his bookings in the for, you know foreseeable future for a little while. So I don't have anything I've seen. We've been on the air pretty much since the show went off. I haven't seen anything, whether they've got some sort of agreement in place. But let's hope this isn't a quick one-off. Maybe we'll get to see a little bit of Ibushi. I don't need to see him every week. Maybe keep him as a little bit of an attraction, but how exciting. Uh, I believe I was texting in another group that the good doctor is in. His words exactly were, now we're cooking, and I can't agree anymore. 
I'm very excited to see this. I think a lot of wrestling fans who know this history are excited to see this. And it should be a great show next week for anybody who's in attendance in Boston and who gets to watch it on TV. Schlong, I'm going to toss it to you first here. Um, do you like Pac as the fifth member? I do like Pac as the fifth member. I like the thought of him being in the Don Callis family. And are you as excited as I think most people are that Abushi is finally going to be back in a ring with Kenny? Pac as the fifth member makes a ton of sense because that triangle really hasn't been a thing for a while. Uh, since they lost the belts, they've kind of just, you know, not pack pack hasn't been around. He's been, I guess, home. So it makes a ton of sense. And he's so violent. And he's so angry. It, it's just perfect for him. And he has history with the, with the elite. So he fits in that regard too. great call. I wish someone had predicted it. Like I wish Kyle case sparse. Someone had predicted this thing, but no one did. We're not going to give anyone that credit. Um, I'm excited for Ibushi because people are excited for Ibushi. I don't know the history. Like, I know the history, but I wasn't watching at that time. So, like, I'm getting excited by proxy. Like, I can't say, like, oh, this is this is something I know, and I'm super excited for this callback. But so many people are telling me, are saying how awesome this was. And I'm like, you know what? And I know Ibushi's a great wrestler. That I've seen. And I know how incredible he is in the ring. So I am excited to watch him wrestle. So that's great. But the Kenny him thing isn't isn't in my wheelhouse of what I, I know. So I'm just kind of excited by proxy. I just want to say, revisionist history here, Asian Joe. Somebody, as his sort of tag says on his name, will not be replaced, I think is feeling a little scared. But, Joe, what why, are your why, 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 why would I be scared? Our revisionist history. Nobody called this, huh? Okay, okay. All right. We'll remember that. I'm sure Kyle K. Sparks won't forget that you said that. I hope he doesn't. He should call it next time. Also, quick thing, and then Asian Joe, I want your thoughts here. Marky Mark, I agree. When is NJ getting our damn blood and guts that we were promised pre-COVID? Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more because um, I was in an airport and I met somebody who's currently, you know, who's working with AEW as I guess their ring guy or, you know, who helps with all that stuff. And he said, you're going to shit when you see what they have coming for New Jersey. And we were all jazzed up. Still hasn't been paid off. Also, what's up, Tom, from the broadcast? Thanks for checking in down under. Uh, Asian Joe, thoughts on this whole thing? First of all, I want to make sure that people remember that I am bigger than Takeshka. Physically, I'm taller and way more than he is. So, way more handsome. Yeah, yeah, better. I, hair, I support though. this. I mean, hair's hair. You've, you know, you've got to wear it. Degree your hair be the same. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think about Pac being the fifth member, but it does make a lot of sense. But yeah, like he never crossed my mind trying to think of who they're going to use. So that'd be a pleasant surprise. And the Abushi was kind of always. Something I think a lot of us were expecting ever since they announced it and they announced they had opening. But uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun for, you know, the stateside crowd to really see the Golden Lovers era and what that was and, and kind of how they worked together. And, you know, like you said, do some per appearances and do some 
pay-per-view events, tag matches with them. I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and uh, what's great is that they're both apparently feeling good, feeling healthy. So we're not seeing like a broken down, even though the broken down Kenny we got before he went and healed up was fantastic. Um, But Abushi's feeling good. Kenny's feeling good. Everybody's feeling good, which is great. And then, uh, like you said, Joe, that's I think the biggest thing too is the fact that a lot of the stateside fans who are not as familiar like Ryan, no, you know, Ryan admitted, I really don't know too much about, or I haven't seen much of it. Well, now the major U.S. audience is going to get to see it. But you should, if you have the time between now and next Wednesday, look up some of that Golden Lovers uh, work that they did in New Japan. It was fantastic, fantastic stuff. So it's going to be a great show next Wednesday night on Dynamite. We have our blind tag uh, tournament final. We have our blood and guts. We're going to uh, have a ton to discuss here. I'm sure after that uh, takes place next week. So be sure to join us again. Um, we are going to go through some quick news and notes uh, because it ties back to some of the stuff we were talking about earlier. Ryan fight forever. Have you seen the trailer for the stadium stampede? They're going to roll out. I have. It looks fun. I'm not usually a battle royal type guy. That's not my game style. I've played Fortnite with my nephew, so I know about it. But it does look crazy and seems fitting for that match. Absolutely. So it is It is a little different than the stadium stampedes that we've seen, but it will fit this game perfectly. If you haven't seen it, it's up on the AEW Games uh, YouTube they have their battle royal uh, stadium stampede battle royal teaser up uh, and their YouTube says that it is a, a free download coming soon. So there's no specific dates, but keep your eye out. You'll be able to download it and play it. It looks like a ton of fun. Uh, the other thing is we've been talking for a while about, you know, brand splits and stuff like that. Uh, and in a recent interview on the Undisputed podcast with Bobby Fish, Malachi Black made mention that he requested to be exclusive to to Saturday Night uh, Collision. And he addressed the matter by saying, I requested to be strictly on Collision because I don't want people to get the pick, uh, to get to pick. It's like, no, Saturday night, um, I get to see House of Black. That's what I want. Because if um, if I give you the option for Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, you're going to go, yeah, it doesn't really matter. And I don't want to lose that uh, polish. So it's interesting to see somebody else's take on this whole brand split thing by being like, you have to tune in because this is going to be where you're going to see Malachi Black. An interesting take on it. I wouldn't mind if guys are offering themselves up to be part of a split in some sort of hard manner. I think that's okay. They haven't done a hard split yet, but I like the fact that it's like, if I tune in on Saturdays, I'm guaranteed in some way at some point to see these guys. And that, I think that's kind of cool. Yep. Uh, Thunder Rosa uh, gave a little bit of an update um, on her recovery timeline. Uh, she did it on her vlog on YouTube. Uh, she included a short conversation with uh, Dr. Michael Sampson, um, and uh, he explained her current health status, 
uh, as looking at the most recent MRIs and all the conservative stuff we've done in the past, you're progressing well right now. You do still have all the pathology in your lower back, L4, L5. I think that with our progression, pushing it to the limit, but taking it sequentially, so going week to week to week, we push a little bit more. If we hit a roadblock, we back it up a step. But I think over the next four to six weeks, we'll see how it's going. Um, so they were both encouraged by how the last two weeks of a recovery gone. They, uh, it was said, you've been progressing well, uh, very well, pain-free. I think if we continue to do that, we know where we stand, gets you stronger, gets you more ring ready. As long as you don't have that pain, we're good. We still have to protect your back. The pathology has not gone away. It's just a matter of we're, tre we're treating it so that it helps you improve yet also protects you from not worsening. So that's where we're at with it. So again, the sort of timeline is six more weeks for recovery. Uh, Samson had agreed that that was reasonable. So we do have a little bit more of a picture of uh, I guess the seriousness of her back injury that really was a little unsure up to this point. So it's nice to have an outlook. Um, but man, must have been a hell of a back injury. Who would you yeah. like to see her when she comes back? Who would you like to see her get into a program with? <sighs> well, I'll put it this way for you, Joe. I don't know exactly who, but I personally don't want to see her come in and go straight back into some sort of title picture, no matter what that's for. I don't want to see her answer an open challenge and take a TBS title off Chris Statlander. <clears throat> I don't want to see her right go right back against Jamie Hayter. Like, I could see AEW thinking that's what we do. I would hope that Rose would be like, no, that's not what, like, my character would want. Like, my character would probably want to earn my way back to the top. So honestly, Joe, I don't know who the first program would be. I feel like doing sort of what they did with some of these other guys returning from a long period of, of not being on TV. You know, we saw Scorpio this week against an action Andretti, not a jobber, but not somebody who's in a big picture thing. Uh, Miro has been squashing jobbers. I don't need to see her squash people, but like, have her face some of the women maybe we haven't seen in a while. You know, uh, Emi Sakura, you know, she's somebody who showed up for a long time on the darks. Have her face Emmy, who is, you know, got a little bit of a following, right? Um, maybe get her involved, you know, have a match or two, a short program with Sheeta. She doesn't need to do, it doesn't need to be something like long, but maybe just a series of matches where it's like, I'm trying to earn my way back and maybe Sheeta is trying to earn something and they have to kind of go through each other. Like I'd be okay with that. I just don't want to see her enter a title picture immediately. Shlong, you want to add anything? Sorry. No, I mean, realistically, I think she could feud with the outcasts, but not go for a title. She could feud with Ruby. She could feud with Soraya. Um, I'm not sure who else like they there there's kind of a lack of heel women in AEW. That's the one issue that they have, especially with Jade out. Uh, she could feud with Athena. She could be an ROH surprise for a little while, just for fun of it, um, as she rebuilds herself. But but yeah, I, I, that would be for a title, but be for like a lower title. Uh, but I wouldn't have her go for TBS or AEW women's right away. 
No, I don't think so. Um, in ring some Ring of Honor news, uh, they've booked Mark Briscoe for Death Before Dishonor. Uh, the pay per view coming up um, uh, against uh, Claudio for the title in the main event. Um, you know, there's been a lot of critical um, sort of reviews of Ring of Honor over the past few weeks here. It seems to have sort of regressed a little bit. I don't mind seeing Mark Briscoe for this title. I don't know if he'll win. But if he does, I wouldn't be mad with it, right? Because I think we need to get Claudio out of Ring of Honor and focused more in AEW, right? And whatever show he's going to be part of, whether it's Dynamite, Collision, whatever. Um, so I guess to to you two guys, Claudio, Mark Briscoe, main event, does that do anything for you for like, yeah, I'm more interested, less interested, don't care for this pay-per-view? I'm kind of in the middle. I mean, it's it might be the highlight of that. I mean, like you said, ROH had kind of been kind of it become dark, basically, right? So it's somewhere between dark and what Rampage is or currently. So it's hard to get really excited about much going on over there right now. Yeah, I don't disagree, Ryan. Any. Uh... They haven't built this up enough. I need I need the pay per view to be built up. The match seems fine, but nothing has been built even for this match. Give me something. It's just wild because, like, now they have time to build to these pay per views, right? Like yeah. they have a weekly program. The past few, they didn't have any way to build to it. They were sort of doing little bits of it on AEW television. The pay per views were still highly entertaining. Like the 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 match quality and all that was good. It's just shocking that they don't do anything to build. You know, it's almost like Battle of the Belts. Like, build something. You've got two hours to fill on Ring of Honor television if you want. Yeah. Um, but it should be a... It, let me put it this way. It should be a good match. Claudio knows how to wrestle. Mark Briscoe can wrestle. It should be a good match. I don't know why I should care about it. That's the problem. Exactly. Um, in other injury news, Bandito had successful or had surgery on his injured wrist. Um, he put up a photo, uh, and said, uh, gracias. Thank you. Arigato. Uh, and basically thanked everybody, I guess, for their well wishes. Uh, in all good, he says in, in good times and bad times, they have given me their love with full hands. And I will never forget that now to recover. I promise to pay you back in the best way fighting for, you all. So there's no mention of a time to- a timeline for his return, but some sources have been saying that it can take six weeks to several months to recover from surgery to repair a, a TFFC tear. Uh, I don't know exactly what that is, but anytime you tear something, it's going to take a while to uh, to repair. So good news, Bandito had the surgery and it seems like everything went well. Bad news, six months or six weeks to several months so we'll see um wheeler yuda there were some reports he got injured in his kenny omega match last week um the observer had noted that he suffered a hamstring injury in the match with omega on seven five right now the belief is that it's not a full tear and he'll be able to return on 719 for blood and guts in boston 
probably why we didn't see him tonight. Um, but what is scary is the fact that uh, we've seen Blood and Guts a number of times. We know it is not a... Well, we know it is a physically taxing match. Um, we saw Santana get hurt during a Blood and Guts match, and he was in good health, right? So Yeah, but his was fluky. Like I don't think his was match-related. Listen, understand, but still, you've got a lot of moving parts. It's a hard match to get through. I just hope that if he is hurt, that he's good and he gets out of it, not injuring anything worse than it needs to be. That's all I'm saying. So we'll keep an eye on Wheeler Yuta. Uh, let me see. In Dynamite ratings news, we don't talk a lot about ratings, but this one was worth uh, noting. Last week, Dynamite finished first on cable. Um, so... Um, out of the top 25 shows, it was number one on cable last Wednesday. Um, it finished above Sista's. Uh, I don't know what that is. It's listed as Sista's series uh, season six, Real Housewives of Orange County, Expedition Unknown, and Friends. That was the top five. Uh, six was Mayans. Seven was also Friends. Eight was also Friends. Nine guys, Grocery Games. And 10 was Sports Center at 12 a.m. Uh, so um, it's interesting, obviously, to see, too, that, uh, you know, sports is in a weird period, right? There's no championships going on. Baseball's like right at the middle right now. Um, so maybe people aren't looking forward to, to baseball at the moment. And also, there is no scripted television. So it's a lot of reruns, and something's got to fill that gap. Maybe there's something to fill that gap. So who knows? Good for them. And there's also in ratings news, uh, there have been some reports out there that I think Ryan sort of alluded to this before. Uh, Warner Brothers is not necessarily uh, doesn't necessarily care about the numbers of viewers on Saturday, but they do care about where they show up relative in the ratings. So it doesn't matter if you show up number three with 800,000 or 500,000 for the night. They are more uh interested in where you're showing up in the rankings so we'll see but hey mazel tov number one on wednesday night against friends i mean if you're not first you're last right that's right that's right ricky bobby shake and bake no that doesn't make sense at all they're second third no no no, no. you're last he said what he said that's what they said ryan yeah and um, then they came back later and said well no that doesn't make sense they're second third no. Sounds like revisionist history. That's right. That's literally what the guy said in the movie. Revisionist history. Um, we alluded to it last week because there was a spoiler out there, but Maria Canellis pulled the wool over our eyes and um, Layla Hirsch returned in a Ring of Honor match uh, after a long injury period. Uh, she has been absent from AEW since 2022, April of 2022, after suffering a torn ACL. So um, Maria Canellis was supposed to wrestle with the Kingdom um, in a mixed tag match uh, against Sean Dean, uh, Charlie Bravo, and Trisha Dora. But um, she said that she was not medically cleared to compete and that um, she introduced Layla Hirsch as her replacement. So good news, Layla Hirsch has returned. Bad news is at Ring of Honor. So hopefully we can see her return to uh to AEW television. 
And Schlong, I know that's got to make you happy, at least seeing Layla Hirsch return. We're all big fans of hers, but I know that you were a big fan because she had been uh, a regular on the darks. She was a regular dark wrestler. I'm thrilled she's back. Makes sense to give her some time in ROH, though, to get her feet under her. Very true. Schlong, are you concerned with uh, with the future of Hey EW? They just need a new sign. Otherwise, they're fine. Well, for those of you who haven't seen it, MJF appeared Sunday morning on Hey EW, and he set the stay uh the he he lit the set on fire by set i mean the sign um ryan i only ask if you're worried because that is quite the cardboard sign i'm just afraid they're well, not going to have the budget to replace it oh and it's very expensive but i guess rj will just have to have his pay docked well for those who didn't see it you can go to aew's youtube uh hey ew is a fantastic fast watch uh, check it out. Uh, and the final piece of news I have is that uh, Brian Pillman Jr. Um, is uh, apparently done with AEW. His contract has expired. He debuted um, at 2019's Double or Nothing, uh, and he has exited the promotion after the expiration of his contract after um, he was re- removed from their roster page um, on their website. Um, so, uh, we will see, uh, what's next for Brian Pillman. For those who don't know, uh, he had a run in MLW, um, and, um, he was a prominent part of, of some AEW shows, uh, with the varsity blondes teaming with, I don't know who the fuck this is, but Griff Garrison and cheerleader Julia Hart. Um, but he really never got above the mid card. We had talked about him a little bit on this show. Uh, he seemed to always take two steps forward, but like three or five steps back. Um, and he was a regular on dark and elevation, uh, but Griff got injured. Hart moved on to the house of black. Pillman was set up to work with Arn and Brock Anderson, but it really didn't do too much. And in 2023, he wrestled nine times for AEW, And one of those was a televised event. Um, so he was on active and, and he was active on the independent scene throughout the run. Um, and that'll likely continue. Um, but nobody has acknowledged or commented on reports of his departure yet. So, uh, it seems to be pretty official, but by con Dios, Brian Pillman jr. Um, your hair will not be forgotten. That is, that is for sure. Guys, that's all I have for news and notes. Unless you guys have anything else to add. Oh, one more piece of news and notes. Slonamite reporting in. She got her stickers in the mail. You are welcome, Sloan. Um, The last batch of stickers seem to be arriving. So glad you got them. Hope you like the new stickers. Um, Who knows? At some point, we might do stickers again. Um, All right, guys. We're we're done. So we're going to do our final plugs and all that kind of jazz and then get out of your hair until next week. Shlong, I'm going to start with you, and I'll give our guests the honors um schlong why don't you tell the people where you are and plug your revisionist history blog not revisionist it's terrible you would accuse me of that but i'm gonna write a scathing article about you uh you can find me regularly on twitter at mark order pod that's our social falls at all socials at that uh but you can follow my new blog about history short reads on history um here for history.com or underscore here for history 
check it out. We're we're messing around with Ryan, but uh, definitely check it out. Ryan is very passionate about history, uh, and I'm sure uh, that uh, the blog is great. I haven't checked it out yet, Ryan. I will definitely check it out and give you a follow for sure. Nice. You all do the same. Help Ryan out. Asian Joe. Uh, we appreciate you joining us here tonight. A lot of fun. Uh, great first appearance. Not the last. I'll promise you that. Um, why don't you tell the people where they can find you, wherever you'd like to direct them, and uh, plug your uh, you know, your blog. We'll also get that out. Sure, sure. Um, so first of all, thank you for inviting me on to the show. And I know um, it, was, it was nice not having Kate here. There's just three of us. So Lovely. Yes, screw her. Um, but no, um, so really appreciate it. Fun talking to you guys about AEW. Um, you can find me on Twitter, uh, at underscore Asian Joe. And, um, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, just, I do a serial review blog and I have a link to that in my Twitter bio. If you just go there, it's serial aisle.home.blogspot. I don't know, but links in my bio. Well, we'll definitely get it out there. You guys should check it out. Support Asian Joe. He's a great friend of the show. Uh, and like I said, I truly mean it. I'm not just saying it because we're here live. Uh, this won't be your last appearance. I can promise you that. Um, and I have nothing to plug besides the Mark Order podcast. I'm here every week. Uh, and, um, you know, you'll find me here again next week. As Ryan said, follow us on all socials at Mark Order Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Threads. YouTube. We haven't done much threads work. I just have no time. Uh, but give us a follow. Um, believe it or not, to everybody who's listening or watching, uh, that stuff helps us out greatly. Uh, it's not just a hollow thing. So uh, if you guys could take a moment to follow us, like our page, whatever, uh, it does help us out greatly. So uh, thank you in advance if you're going to wind up doing that. Uh, the other thing I'm going to plug is uh, going to the link tree in our bios, because not only can you find links to all of our socials to make it super easy for you, you can also find our Pro Wrestling Tees store where you can support us. Um, so head over to Pro Wrestling Tees uh, from the link in our link tree or prowrestlingtees.com slash markorderpod or search the Mark Order podcast on Pro Wrestling Tees while you're shopping around for some other good stuff uh, and pick up one of our four shirts, two front prints, two double-sided the money you spend there goes back into this show and all the things that we're trying to do that are that is fun for you guys to listen to. So uh, if you can and you do, we greatly appreciate your support there. Uh, want to thank everybody as we usually do for hanging out in the chats and watching us live tonight. Slonamite, Jesse Ozog, Kyle K. Sparks doing the long haul uh, with us tonight. Marky Mark K. Fabe, Mrs. Money Early On, Gordon Post, uh my god there are too many to scroll back to asian joe thanks for joining in the chat um we see you guys chatting along we try to get to as many comments as we can um so thank you for chatting along thank you if you're listening in podcast form too we appreciate you guys uh for for taking a listen if you've never watched us in video form give it a shot head over to our youtube and watch it all of these live on youtube in the archives uh again it might not seem like it, but it greatly helps us if you can. Uh, oh, Berg was here, too. Thanks for checking in, Berg. Um, uh, it greatly does help us if you subscribe to us on the podcast platforms and on YouTube. Uh, again, it seems like hollow things. We're asking for likes, follows, whatever. It helps us spread this show uh, greatly. 
So if you could take a few minutes to uh, help us out and do that, we appreciate it. And we thank you in advance. Other than that, guys, I got nothing else. I am spent. I'm going to save it up for next week when we discuss Blood and Guts from Boston. I think a few of our friends are heading out to that show live. Uh, Maybe Mark will. Does that sound right? I don't know. But a few people, I think, are heading out there. So if you go to the show and you happen to check in with us in the chats, we'd love to hear how the live experience was because we got screwed out of it here in New Jersey. So let us know how it was. Check us out next week as we'll talk about that rampage collision dynamite, all the stuff. Um, and, um, we look forward to, uh, having you check us out. Ryan, thanks for another fun week. Glad to have you back. And again, Joe, I got to put you over. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you were supposed to be our fourth tonight. And then of course somebody dropped out. So i just want to say this to everybody too. Now I'm thinking about it clearly. Um, Ryan has an issue with Kyle K sparks and Kate has an issue with Asian Joe. So we see where the battle lines are drawn, but it's okay. We'll make it work eventually. Um, so yeah, that's it from us. We're getting out of your hair. We'll see you next week here on the Mark order podcast, where we're going to talk about blood and guts until next time. Stay cool. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Thanks again, Asian Joe. We'll see you guys next week. This concludes the Mark Order Podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.